That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice-cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast. A production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. BFFT. Built by high-caliber millwrights. Live from Resorts World Las Vegas. Site of Pac-12 Media Day. Here's John Canzano with the ball. ball Face true. true. Well, it's a big day. Pac-12 Media Day. I'm in Las Vegas where it is blistering hot. I walked outside this morning, 7.15 in the morning, 93 degrees but cool and air-conditioned inside the Resorts World Casino and Event Center and the Zook Nightclub where George Klyovkov, the Pac-12 commissioner, took the stage today. We're going to talk all about that, but also we're going to talk a lot of football on today's show. You're going to hear interviews with head coaches and star quarterbacks, and uh, they were all here. They are all in the building here as part of Media Day and uh, here to do uh, candid one-on-one interviews. Now, you know, as a longtime listener to this show, that part of my goal is to have these interviews be different than every other interview that they do. And so uh, you tell me how I do throughout today's show, as you hear from Lincoln Riley and Dan Lanning and Pac-12 Commissioner George Klyovkov. And, and then this hour, Caleb Williams, the USC quarterback and reigning Heisman Trophy winner, along with Cam Rising, who's got two Pac-12 championship rings. He's the GOAT, isn't he? Well, you're going to hear both of those interviews this hour, so I hope you settle in and enjoy what we have going. All right, I'm here with Caleb Williams, the uh, reigning Heisman Trophy winner, a guy who grew up swimming, as I remember, from last year's Media Day. Yep. Do you still swim? I do still swim. Is it uh, is that it's a like workout. for for a workout? Not yeah. for. Do you enjoy swimming? I do enjoy swimming. I love the water. You do. What yeah. what was that? What, who got you into swimming? Or was this you got thrown in a pool when you I were got five? In a pool when I was five by my <laughs> uncle. Yeah, not the best way to do it. In the deep end. Yeah, it was awesome. Did you? Uh, what else you been doing this off season? I'm sure it's been busy. Yeah. How different has it been than maybe a year ago? I would say, um, life wise, it hasn't been much different. Um, getting a routine, things like that, but. Um, I've been doing a lot more, whether it's production days or things like that, um, which is tiring because they're yeah. long days. But it's uh, it's been it's been good. It's been fun. Um, I've enjoyed it, um, and you know, just just ready for the season to come. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm extremely excited for that. Are the games the easy part? Because the games are the easiest part. Whether yeah. it's practice, workouts, um, you know, it's business outside of outside of football was. All of that. Um, other than hanging out and being with my teammates and playing video games with them, the game's the easiest part. Yeah. I am uh, I do a radio show. I have three daughters. I write a column. I'm always reading books on people who talk about focus. Mm-hmm. I had Mark. I had a conversation with Mark Cuban one time, and he told me he says no to everything just as a default. Does Caleb Williams have, like, a default? Do you have to say no to people when they're asking I you? I do have to say no. I say no a lot, actually. I say no to 
um, like I have like my own parameter that I don't have written down, but mm-hmm. whether it's you know my team outside of outside of football, um, outside of football, um, and it comes to business side of it or anything like that, I say no a, a lot. Like Does, a, is that hard for you? To no, s- no, no, no. That's so easy. That's I need easy. to be better at that. That's an easy no. <laughs> and then. Um, uh, Football-wise, I've had to get better at saying no to certain things, and 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 because no, you need no as a leader. Like you gotta have, you have to have to be able to say no to people. So I've, I for sure got better that over, better at that over the years. Um, and so I, I'd say I'm pretty good now at saying no um, all around. So um, yeah, I have a I have a, a focus, um, a focus um, level that I that I have to stay at and things like that. So. And I understand that, so I do say no a lot. One day when you write the book, that's got to be one of the chapters. Yeah. Why, why saying no is good. Yeah. That's a good sure. thing. Uh, Caleb Williams with us, USC quarterback. Uh, last year, okay, I was at the Oregon State game. Mm-hmm. What did they do that was giving your offense problems that day? Because I think Oregon State fans are looking back to that game, and that's the, the one that got game. away. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'd say Oregon State-wise, they just, they're just I mean, a well-coached team. They're a lot better than people thought. Um, and so, you know, when you look at it, you know, people say Oregon State this, Oregon State that. They were a well-coached team. They had good players and things like that. If you go look at the draft or you go look at, um, you know, where some of their players ended up um, at, after after it all. So um, they still got a bunch of good players. Can't, you know, can't, can't knock them on that. Um, and, you know, they were well-coached defensive-wise, well-coached offensive-wise. And, uh, you know, we just – I'd say, I'd, say I'd say that what happened there was, you know, they, they – you know, they showed me a bunch of stuff and packed the box in. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether it was, you know, they were dropping out or, or coming after me. I mean, you know, they did a good job, you know. Disguising things, disguising confusing things, and, things, yeah. And they had um, some veteran guys. Like, Jaden yeah. Grant's like a seventh-year senior. There was yeah, like a bunch 30-year-old of, guy out there playing <laughs> defense. But. Yeah. They had a bunch of they had a bunch of experienced guys, but they did a good job. Um, and, you know, it came down to us, you know, going yeah. back to basics and, and doing the simple stuff, which – in the beginning, we, we weren't doing, and yeah. we weren't doing well when we did it. Um, mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, it just came down to just getting back to the small things, um, you know, going through reads, everybody running the, the routes at the right, step, or right, right steps or whatever the case may be. And then offense line-wise, just, you know, putting hands mm-hmm. on and, and standing in front, yeah. of your, in front of your defender and running back-wise, just protecting the football. End of the year, um, you weren't healthy. Mm-hmm. Bowl, uh, the championship game, you got hurt, and the bowl game didn't go how you guys wanted it. Does that leave you unfinished business, yeah. leave a little edge in you? you yeah, know? I got a lot of uh, um, got a lot of uh, I can't wait, um, <laughs> to say the least. Um, back healthy, running faster, lifting heavier, um, more mobile. Um. Yeah, I uh, I can't wait. It's gonna be fun. That's good to hear. Like yeah. because you, you you often see like got, you know in the winner's circle we see the championship we see the national title but we don't see the the that motivating factor yeah. that 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 gave you that extra little edge. Yeah. But health wise, what happened in the title game? Was it hamstring? It was hamstring. Every, Hammy. I tried to disguise it. Yeah. Which I obviously I've done pretty well because yeah. people still ask me about it. Um, yeah, my hands were bloody, but I just it was just yeah. a first layer of skin that came out. It was just like yeah. a paper cut. Yeah. So it made my hands look a little extra. It so looked was, harder. So I tried yeah. to I tried to disguise it with it yeah. being the hand. No, my hands okay. What, what was going on with the fingernails? What was, what was, <laughs> are we done with that? Uh, are we? Can we say it's over? We're done with it in a certain <laughs> aspect of, of yeah. how I was doing certain things last year. Yeah. Um, my offensive line coach sat me down and 
um, I don't necessarily care about um, you know the public and things like yeah. that and the outside world saying you know saying this and that about it um, and he knows that um, but it was more or less the the kids that watch me and look up to me and you know, them running to their parents and being like what's this or can yeah. I do this and um, you know, he sat me down and we talked about it and I said, I, I mean, yeah. I completely understand and I don't want that. I've never been, you know, one to cause ruckus like that. Right. And so, um, you know, I'm, you know, understanding of it, I'm, I'm going to tone it down and, yeah. and things like that, but it is my thing. So I'm going to paint my nails still, but you can paint your nails. The, so the, just... the, the, the idea of what I was doing was, was right. not the best idea. So uh, you probably didn't um, expect that it would go uh, that way. Like, was, no, who's going to see it? Right. I mean, it's just like when someone does yeah. other stuff and yeah. writes stuff on their, their tape and whatever, but it's, it's, you know, it's whatever. Uh, but I look back and I go, okay, if I was, if people had cameras on me at like 19, 20, 21, it would have been bad. Yeah. It would have I mean, been. I do a pretty it good was... job. That was my one, my one, my one thing that I, yeah. I'd say I've done. And you know, I don't think it was too bad. Everybody uses the words and things like that. It's just right. you know, being public and, and being on TV every week is, is not the best idea to have that. So, and I understand it. And, you know, we'll change it up this year. All right. Uh, this year, uh, you, you get to play Oregon. You didn't get mm-hmm. to play Oregon. I know the Duck fans wanted they wanted to see you. I wanted to see them, too. You did, too? Yep. It's mutual? Yeah, the feeling's mutual. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's going to be a big game. Yeah. Uh, but I know you don't try to look so far ahead, but yeah. I think, um, you know, this conference has got great QBs, yeah. great matchups. I think it's as strong as it's ever been in football, and it's going to be fun to have you out there. Yeah. No, I can't wait. All right, thank you for coming by. Any, any advice for people like myself? Like, I even have a in-ground swim spa uh-huh. with a jet. Yeah. I'll run against it. Uh-huh. I just don't like swimming. It's, it puts me to sleep. I'll swim, like, for four it minutes. It puts you to sleep. But, I, but I'm swimming, and I feel like I've been there 20 minutes. Oh, well, and I look up, and it's it four minutes. Four minutes. Like, it kills you. You get super hungry after yeah. all of that. Um, no, swimming-wise, I say just... Um, I say keep the body as still as yeah. possible. Okay. Um, rotate and have a have the have a rhythm of breathing. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. One, there two, it is. Three, one two three. Swimming instruction yeah. from Caleb Williams. Thank Caleb you, man. Williams. Good wow. to see you. Thank Appreciate you. you. Thank yeah. you. The bald faced truth with John Canzano live from Pac-12 Media Day in Las Vegas. Cam Rising, Utah quarterback, has stepped into my uh, my cubicle. For people who don't know, I'm at Pac-12 Media Day, and uh, Cam, how would we describe this cubicle? What is this made of? What, this area? Kind of like a fake hedge look. Um, it's a it's a makeshift kind of wall. It's it's interesting, yeah. but uh, yeah. it gets the job done. You it know? does get yeah. the job done. I'll take it. Uh, they have a bunch of games around here. Um, there's some foosball, yeah. some pickleball. I have seen you kind of moving around, yep. staying busy. You're not a guy who likes to sit around. No. At home, do you sit around? Do you watch yeah, TV? Yeah, of course. Like, you gotta on. you gotta have some time yeah. where you can decompress and do yeah. all that stuff. But for the most part, I do do like to to go do something and, yeah. and not just be sitting around all day and stuff like that. I li- I was watching you hit, hit the pickleball because I wanted to see how you were moving. You look yeah. like you you look like you're doing okay. I think you and everyone else yeah. was watching me yeah. play, play a little pickleball. I, it was, it was yeah. fun. I've had three knee surgeries, okay, yeah. but I I had like uh, ruptured patellar tendons oh, and wow. stupid oh. things like that. You. You had ACL, is that right? ACL, yeah. You feel pretty good? Yeah, like, feeling great. All right. Everything where it needs to be right now. Right now where you need to be. Um, and it was good to see you moving because yeah. that's important. Last sure. year, last year, how gratifying was it to win a Pac-12 championship? It was um, it was unreal. I mean, to go yeah. to go back-to-back like that, it's uh, it's crazy. Uh, I never really expected that, uh, but... But just happy to to kind of to kind of come back to Vegas. I, I love love being here in December. Yeah. It's a, it's a good time, and hope we can go do it again this year. You are Mister December. Yes, we sir. should we should start that. <laughs> I wouldn't mind that. Two years in a row, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and I was I told your coach like your season. If you look at like the arc of your season, 
it was kind of like a Rocky movie. Of course. You know, you you had some success. You beat USC early in Salt Lake City, and then, and then you know, it, it looked like there was going to be an obstacle, and then you lose the Oregon game, and then you get to Vegas, and then the first half of that game, it wasn't great. Yeah. And yet you walk off as a champion. That that just has to be magic. Yeah, I'm, not, your helmet magic, flies just, off. You know, just a, just a little bit of hard work and, yeah. and making sure that every guy has has the same same task that they're they're, they're trying to accomplish. And, and that's what that's why we were able to come out on top this last year. At the end of the Oregon game, you and Bo Nix are on the field together. You have this moment where you yep. guys kind of talked. Yeah, he's hurt. Yeah, you didn't look like you were 100 percent at that point of the season either. Yep. And tough game, like you know, what is that camaraderie like for you? Um, it's nice. Uh, Bo, Bo's a great guy, so so being able to talk to him—that was actually my first time actually actually really getting the chance really? to, to sit down and talk to him. So always a, a guy that I have have had res- respect for, and and just kind of nice to to get to meet him in that situation, but and especially hang out with him here to, uh, today and yesterday has been been good. Back to back titles, and yet the media doesn't pick you to win. That you like that a little bit. There's part of Cam Rising that goes all right. You know, a little, um, little edge to that or no? It doesn't bit, matter. But to, for the most part, I don't really care. You don't care? Not at all. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. If, and if we picked you to win? Still I didn't vote, still, for the record. Still, I didn't have a vote. Still wouldn't care. <laughs> you still wouldn't care. <laughs> no. Uh, this this offseason, you do anything outside of football? Vacation? Fun? Uh, yeah, I, I vacationed a little all bit. All right. Tell yeah. us where you went. Uh, I went to Puerto Rico and Hawaii, so okay. it, was, it was a good time. Tell me about Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is fun, going to La Placita and, and, and having a great time and just enjoying the food down there and, and yeah. getting getting out in the water, go go snorkeling and stuff. It, it, it's fun. That's about as far away from Salt Lake as you can get. Yeah. Like you just, yeah. It's got to feel like a different world there. A little bit, I, yeah. yeah. Just de- definitely a different, different vibe, yeah. especially just going downtown and, and seeing seeing everybody out and dancing. A lot, lot more salsa than. Oh, than are you are you a good dancer? A little bit. Yeah. I like I like to have a good time out there and, and just have some fun. What was there a reason Puerto Rico? Is there? Um, my brother lives in Nashville, so, okay. so I got to go see him stop in Nashville and then just go with the, the family to Puerto Rico right after that's that. That's very cool. Yeah, that's that's awesome that you get away like that. The yes, sir. when will um, the big football start for? you like officially i know you're working out and stuff but yeah. really for you, uh, for you. the 30th we, we really start uh next next monday next next monday yeah and you're uh you know as a veteran veteran guy last year there was some question you know would he come back is he coming back was that a hard decision for you or did you kind of know and then you just needed some time with it um I, I definitely needed time um it wasn't something that i was like oh this is how i want it to happen right away but it was definitely just teetering back and forth kind of and yeah, I just ultimately decided a few weeks before that uh, the Rose Bowl that, that I wanted to come back and, and kind of just go get more. I felt like there was more on the table, and, and mm-hmm. just now I, we're here, and I, I know the sky's the limit, so we just got to go out there and just play play each and every game the best we can, and, and hopefully everything will fall our way. There's a number of QBs that, you know, like Bo Nix and Michael Penix, that NIL plays a role for them in yeah. when they make their decision. Does it play a role for you? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely a, a part, but, um, yeah, I think – I think football took takes priority in all these situations so yeah just is more more so focused on on going going yeah. getting our chance and yeah. to go run it back yeah because we always hear about like kind of how the bad part of nil yeah and i think there's some good in that as Absolutely. we watch like everyone's like six quarterbacks are here and i'm like would six quarterbacks be here if it weren't for nil no yeah there's no way it, guys would have said, "Hey, I owe it to myself to go chase my passion career." And now you can make a you know a de- can you make a decent living as a veteran QB in the pa- in a Power Five conference. Absolutely, like, yeah. You know, yeah, they they take care of you, make sure make sure that 
everything's uh, going the way it should be and kind of make your life as easy as possible so that yeah. you can just focus on ball, and, and that, that definitely helps out. But you know what's going to happen? Like 10 years from now, you're going to see the deals those guys are getting, oh. and you guys are going to look up and go, when I played, I we, you're going to yeah. be that old guy no doubt. who yeah. complains about it. But It'll be interesting to see what happens. You, you never know. Um, you think you think that we'll get to like a base salary thing or something? Yeah. We'll do that. Are you reading any any books? I, I, I saw some stuff, but I I don't know what to read into too much. Yeah, yeah. It it do you talk with other QBs and go, hey, here's what I got. Or what are you getting? Is that I, I mean, think that would be helpful. Absolutely, it yeah. definitely give you an idea. Um, not not really. I yeah, we don't we don't always start talking yeah. numbers and stuff like that. But we, yeah. we definitely talk about it and and kind of just give yeah. little bits of information here and there. Yeah, and I and I and I'll hear. You know, I thought was. And this was a, it was a good deal, yeah. and then you hear seven figures, no and you go, okay, wait a minute, what are we talking? I think that's part of the problem is nobody quite knows what's happening, yeah, and that makes it sketchy. Absolutely, you know, just feel like it's all backdoor kind of kind of deals and yeah. stuff like that a little bit, but yeah, more just- on the level. Do you think? Okay, so they're talking about all this lawmaker congressional intervention from a player's perspective. What do you think would be helpful to sort of? calm down the landscape but also help players still benefit because you don't want to take that away in all honesty yeah. I, I couldn't tell you, you. Can't, you don't want that answer I, I, I do not think about this that often because yeah. i know i'm going to be out of it next year right and and, and, and yeah so it's kind of let's you live in the I'll, moment i'll pay attention to but yeah it um i'm just glad i'm not making those rules that that have to to manage it because i know it's a tricky situation yeah. and it's just kind of a slippery slope but I think I think guys, it's good that guys are getting taken care of, but just got got to be a way to make sure that everyone's kind of getting a piece yeah. of a pie or something like that. Two years ago, you beat Oregon for the title. Last year, you beat USC. Uh, did you? Which one was the bigger surprise in your mind of those two championships? Um, I mean, our our first one, it, it definitely was a year that that was that was hard and just. It, it, it took a lot to really get there, and the the fact that we got there was was, was like the divine intervention, mm-hmm. and, and Aaron and Ty were, were helping us out. So I think yeah. that one definitely kind of just holds a, a special place in my heart. You guys heart went sure. through a lot, yeah, was, as a team. That was yeah. uh, it's unbelievable, yeah, what you guys encountered. But you were at the center of that. You did a great job leading that team, and Appreciate from that. an outside perspective, and I know a lot of fans in other Pac-12 cities look at you in particular, and they see a leader. What do you think makes a good leader? I think one of the most important things you have to do as a leader is handle your 20 square feet. That means you're you're doing everything that you have to in, in every situation, whether, whether yeah. you want to or whether you don't want to. And you got to put your best foot forward and make sure that you're able to bring guys with you along yeah. that. And, and once you handle your 20 feet, then it makes it just that, that much All easier. All right. I asked you that same question last year. You said the same thing. Really? You said the 20 square feet. Yep. Where did you get that? Uh, Coach Scali, he 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 talks about it a lot, and yeah. kind of just something that that always has stuck with me. Because yeah. if that if that's not handled, then, then yeah. nothing else really matters. Camerizing, thank you, man. Yes, Thanks sir. for joining Appreciate us. Appreciate you. Yep. The Bald Face Truth with John Canzano, live from Pac-12 Media Day in Las Vegas. We're here with Chip Kelly, who uh, has stepped into the interview booth. I am surrounded by fake hedges. Yeah, you are. It looks this it looks was, nice, huh? Where are we at, George? <laughs> You like it? We got an Athens theme here. You need a little brick. This is nice. Little little red. Do you notice how they put my name up though? They Everyone did. else has a station. Yeah, they have a station. You just I'm mean, just like a local you're, access you're show. A brand. We talk to our players. 
because I've heard that too much. You know, I want to I want to take care of my brand and I yeah. want to do this. And it was actually Yogi Roth did a great job, and he said, "Let's just spitball with an idea." We had a whiteboard up, and he said, "Name the top 50 brands in the USA." Yeah, and just start yelling them out. And guys started yelling them. You know, Nike, yeah, Coca Cola, Chevrolet, and they went through the whole thing. And the only name on the board was Jordan. Huh. And the 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 gist of it was, let's not worry about working on your brand. When just how about you just work on yourself, getting a little bit better? And yes, I think people. There are many people that have a brand like that. So yeah, we're, we're I did have something, to John Canzano. But you know what? There. I never set out with that as the brand. Oh, I just did my thing. Yeah, you know, like I don't know. Yeah, and they kept me around. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> hey, you were mentioning you got up early this morning. Yes, you went out into the into the Las Vegas world. Yes. And uh, it's like 93 degrees at 7.15 in the morning. I don't understand it. <laughs> what I, don't, I don't know. Just like you have a choice in life of where you're going to be. Like, I don't know why this is comfortable to people. But, but the people who lived here, somebody in their family said, this is the spot. Could have been generations ago. Could have been last year. Yeah. But somebody made that decision. They did. And I guess it's, you know, it's like if you live in a really cold place all year long. Like, that's yeah. just, you like it. I just... No. Not for me. I, I like moderation. I did. I was covering uh, Big Ten football and basketball in like the late 90s. I was covering Indiana, Bob Knight, and yeah. I did the same thing with people. It was nine degrees, and I go, why? Why are you here? Who in your family did this to you that made this home? I got off a plane when I was in Oregon recruiting. In, we were in Fargo, North Dakota getting gas, and the guy said, he said, Coach, you can go in and if you have to use the restroom. He said, but you may want to put a jacket on. And I'm a big, tough guy. I'm from New Hampshire. I'm like, I'm good. Yeah. I got off, and it was like I got hit with a two-by-four. And I ran as fast as I could to the FBO. It was only like 20 yards away. And I looked, the guy looked at me. I looked stunned. And I was like, what's the temperature? And he said, it's minus 37. <laughs> and, I was, and I said the same. I, always said, yeah. I said, why do you live here? Like, what is yeah. What's the fun of that? Yeah, no good. I'm good. I'm good where we are now. It's, yeah, yeah. By the way, where are you living right now? What's the What's in, the area? We live in uh, the South Bay, so I live in Manhattan Beach. Pretty nice. It's 73 today. Yeah, I've looked at it like 10 times on my phone. <laughs> Very mild. What is it? What is yeah. it? It's mild because we're right by the ocean. You get visitors. Do you have your friends? We do have a lot yeah, of visitors. Come out. Oh, I need we have a lot more visitors in different places that live. We've had the most visitors in Manhattan Beach oh, of than course. I've had of anywhere we lived. That's pretty nice, though. People still want to see you. That's good. Yeah, I think it depends yeah. on where I am. So this, you know, th I, I got a little wispy when I saw you on the thing because I thought this might be our last one-on-one. -on -one. I know. Face-to-face. -face, you're you're going to have to go back to your Big Ten roots. You're leaving yeah. or you might have to get another job somewhere else someday. Come back to the conference. or Come back to the Conference of Champions. Well, uh, how are you feeling about this last year? We feel good. I, yeah. I really like our overall team depth. We lost uh, a gr two great players in Dorian Thompson-Robinson and Zach Charbonnet. Um, yeah. But we have more depth at those positions than we ever had. I think because Dorian played so many games, it was hard to recruit another quarterback. Yeah. You know, after his freshman year, you're trying to convince kids it's going to be an open competition, and they're like, I got you, coach, but I think I'll go somewhere else. So, yeah. Um, huh. And his last year, we got a chance to recruit a couple really good kids, and then we brought in 
two more kids this year. So I think we've got four or five kids right now at the quarterback spot. So our depth is better. And it's the same thing at the running back spot. Our depth is better. We had Zach, and then we got small after him. Now we've got three or four other big backs. We have a transfer from Kent uh, Ball State and Carson Steele, mm-hmm. who's a really good player. Um, took a transfer from Army, who's 245 pounds. We had a young freshman running back last year, T.J. Harden, who's T.J. played really well. Was you know was our leading rusher in the bowl game, ran for 130 mm-hmm. yards in the bowl game. So I think overall our depth is better. It's just we don't have the experience that we had. You've never been afraid to play young guys though, too. No, Mariota, Mariota DeAnthony, DeAnthony, yeah. Michael, and Kenyon played yeah. early. Um, I, I think it's always the best players have to play. Because if not, the players are in the locker room. Know, like, this kid's really good. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't matter. You'd be like, you know, DeAnthony Thomas. I remember the first time DeAnthony Thomas touched the ball in practice. And Mark Helfrich just looked at me and was like, what was that? I'm like, well, I, I, I hadn't seen anything like that in my life. And I was like, whoa, okay. It's a video game. It, he was a video game. And Mar- Marcus was a similar. He was, you know, he, I think I remember he, th- he went. Boom and threw the ball over there, and I was like, yeah. "Why did you go there?" And it was his fifth option. Yeah, it was like practice two. He said, "Coach, I don't know what you call the coverage, but there was a lot of guys over there, and there was nobody over there." And he goes, yeah. "Was I right?" I go, "Yeah, you were 100 percent right." Yeah. I just didn't know how fast he processed it. Yeah, and I remember walking away, going, "Wow, this kid's going to be special." Yeah, have and, you? And he was. He's, you know, I, I think he's done fine in the NFL, and you know that that league better than anybody. Like, it's circumstance and your surroundings are huge. Help us understand kind of what he's gone through in his career changing coaches changing coordinators yeah. changing you know i think that's a difficult deal and when you look at the guys who are ultimately the most successful they stayed at the same organization for the same for the long time and they had the same coach and they had the same system so you know you look at you can argue right now it's brady and then you look at aaron Rodgers' success it was always with green bay and then yeah. finally in year 18 he leaves to go you know, Tom was there for 20. Yeah. Mahomes is, has had the same head coach and the same coordinator. And it's also the talent around him. You know, you can – there's such a fine line in the NFL with talent is that, you know, when you have a, a Hall of Fame tight end in Travis Kelsey, that's a that's a really big deal. Yeah. You know, and I think the same thing for um, Brady in, in, in New England with Gronk, who's a Hall of Famer. You know, and when you look at some of those years, they went out and got Randy Moss and they went out and got players. And so to be able to have the surrounding cast special, too, I think yeah. is – is part of putting it all together. We always say that the pro game, you know, you see stuff in the college game go to the pro game, but in this era with the transfer portal, is it like free agency? Can you learn from the pro game or no? Yeah, I Too hear much? that analogy, but the difference in the transfer portal in NFL free agency is in NFL free agency, you know exactly who the free agents are going to be. John Canzano's in the last year of his yeah. contract. If they don't re-up yeah. him, he's available. Scott Markley's in the last year of his contract. So there's yeah. a list of... These hundred guys are free agents. Twenty-five of them resigned. Seventy-five are free agents. You you turn around in in this day and age, and you you get a phone like, hey, such and such is in the portal. You're like, he is. Yeah. How did he? Why is he? Like yeah. what? Uh, Everybody's and, a free and every, agent, and you got to yeah. move fast. So there are some times where you just you don't know, and it's you know we've had we had kids committed to us that a half hour before they were supposed to show up on campus left to go somewhere else, and it's there's no deadline like if we were going to sign you as a free agent yeah. you would sign a contract and we know we have you right as a no a kid says i'm coming but until he shows up on campus you don't know <laughs> if he's actually coming yeah. so um I, don't, I get that analogy that it's like free but it, yeah. it's really not it's worse it's, yeah it's, it's different it's tricky uh, so how do we fix that part of it do you do you say to a kid you have to commit on a certain date you know i don't want to take away the right for yeah. the kid to earn i, but, I think you know i think the toothpaste not going back in the tube so they should have the ability. I don't understand the two windows. Yeah. So one of them is after spring ball. Well, in the NFL, you don't get to go to OTAs 
in mandatory minicamp and then make a decision in June you didn't like what happened in OTAs and mandatory minicamp, so now you're going to go on the portal is you have a window to go on the portal, and if, if you want to bet on yourself and stay with your school through spring, then you stay in. Yeah. If you think it's not going to be right, then you leave. But yeah. I don't know why there's two windows. Just like I don't yeah. know why there's two signing days. Like, yeah. why do we have a December signing day and a February? Just have one signing day. Only one wedding. Yeah. Should be one so wedding. There's one wedding. So I think yeah. one way to clear up the portal is that here's your time to go in, and you better be well thought out on when you're going in. And if not, you got to wait till the next year. And there shouldn't be a loophole for grad students either because that's a – they threw that in there every yeah. once in a while. Well, he's a grad student, so we can – because I'll get – kid just went in the portal. I'm like, you can't go in the portal. The portal's closed. Well, he's a grad student. I'm like, why is that? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. I yeah. think it has to be a little bit more uniform. Yeah. Um, they still should have the right. I think every kid should have the decision if they want to leave that they can leave. But I think you also have to put a, a time on when they can leave and when they when you Yeah, because it's not, you can't run a program if you don't know who's there and who's no, going to be that, there. That's, and where and the, you... that's where I think the coaches get frustrated yeah. from a roster management standpoint. You're not sure. All right, so. let's do this again. Let's not make this the last time, no. all right? Do a phone interview or something? Sure, or we go Big Ten Media Day. We'll do, we can do that. We can get you back right. out to that. It's in right. Indianapolis, as everyone told me. It's in right. Indianapolis, so you can get oh, back to your room. Awesome. Roots. I'd love to be out in Indiana again. Where, where would you rather be <laughs> next July? I'll tell you what. <laughs> Vegas or Indy? Yeah. Indoor? Outdoor. Indoor. Indoor? Yeah. Lucas Oil. Okay. Chip Kelly, thank you. Hi, buddy. Good, good, good to, to see you, John. The Bald Face Truth with John Canzano. Live from Pac-12 Media Day in Las Vegas. Pac-12 Media Day, I've got Kenny Dillingham, Arizona State head coach. And for a lot of Duck fans out there, former Oregon coordinator. You miss Oregon? No, you don't. This time of year. Yeah. It's nice out there this time of year. <laughs> yeah. It's hot in Arizona this time of year. Yeah. Nice there. All right, you can say that. Uh, what's that been like for you? Okay, you get your feet on the ground now and it's just go, isn't yeah. it? it's just go. I mean, you're... You're never ready for the opportunity, but you're always prepared. You know, yeah. so I was prepared for everything that came my way, but yeah. it's impossible to be, quote-unquote, ready. You had your, I, I don't know, are you the youngest head coach in Power 5? To be honest, I don't know. You probably are. The, you Maybe. Probably, nobody's told you you are. That, but let me ask you this. You had Mike Norvell. You had Dan Lanning. Those were young guys. And I think both were the youngest at, at the time. Do you learn anything watching those two guys in in fairly early parts of their head coaching career? 100%. I mean, when I look at Mike Norvell, that's essentially my mentor in this profession. And when he took over Memphis at the time, when I went with him, I got to see him not change but adapt to his new role, not as an offense coordinator but as the leader and how he took his time to try to build and establish the culture that he wanted that was different than ones that were of the past that yeah. I'd been a part of with him. So uh, there's too long of a list to talk about how many things I learned from Coach Norvell, but yeah. it's it's most of what we do. Bo Nix, uh, I've heard you talk fondly about him and the time you spent with him. Um, were you surprised he came back another year? Because uh, it kind of felt like it was your last year, his last year, you guys were both leaving, and then he came back. Yeah, but the one thing you got to know about Bo is he's the ultimate competitor. And when you when you put him in a position to where he can win championships and win a Heisman and do all these things that he dreamt of since he was a four years old, throwing the football with his dad in all Auburn, Alabama, and now those things are obtainable again to him. You know, people thought for a period of time in his career that those weren't obtainable. And for those things to be obtainable to him again, that's special, that's unique, and I couldn't be happier for him. This uh, offseason, did you get away with family? 
I know you got a young, you got a young one, right? We do. Like, like a year, year and a half? Year and a half, spot yeah. on. Yeah. See, because I, I remember you were hired as coordinator and then baby came. That's right. And that was it. So did you guys go away or is it just enough that you've got a new job, you've moved, you've got all the stresses of young life? No, I, I got to get away. I got to leave the city. Otherwise, my mind, when I'm in the city, my brain goes to like, well, who should I meet with? Who can yeah. I go uh, grab a coffee with who can help our football team with NIL. Who can I go do this? So I got to leave. I have yeah. to leave. So we went to Carlsbad. We went over to Disney nice. with the little one. So we got away, got in some cool air for a little bit. What's your ride at Disney? Uh, well, the little one likes It's a Small World. So right, right now, right now I'm, I'm the best It's a Small World world rider. Uh, How many times you go on that ride? Uh, like four times. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it feels like it gets like a, yeah. a bigger world and bigger world every single ride. We took our two youngest daughters who were there, maybe at the time they were like five and seven. We took them to Florida, to Disney World. Yeah. And all they wanted to do was It's a Small World and the teacups. And I was like, <laughs> we just spent 1200 bucks riding the teacups. So get you used to it settle in it'll be a little while before exactly you get a right. good ride uh your football team you've got um i don't think people are worried about your skill guys i think you're gonna you're gonna do what you do on offense but can you physically compete up front on both sides of the ball yeah i mean i think we brought in a lot of guys uh especially up front at defensive end defensive tackle offensive line i think there's a combined 11 new guy or 10 new guys roughly at those positions uh, most of those interior D linemen were brought in post spring ball. Mm-hmm. So I think to answer that question, I'll know about day seven when we yeah. two days into football pads. Yeah. I'll have a good clue on that. Uh, just because you get to see him hit. You see the bodies though, when they walk in, do you have the physicality? I guess Oregon would be a bad example, but if you've had the physicality of Oregon, you think, Hey, we're going to be okay there. I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. Walk it in the door. Um, when uh, you talked about NIL and getting coffee with people, I hadn't thought about that because you're right. There's a whole other layer now with your, you got to be selling your program and connecting people to your program. Does it help that ASU's got numbers in that game, meaning you have so many alumni. You have a bigger alumni base, I think, than anybody, and they're all over. Does the numbers game help you or – like at Oregon, there's one phone call to make, right? <laughs> and you're, you're, you're getting it done. It's a good done. phone call. <laughs> and you're getting it done. But you can't make 30,000 phone calls, but you can try. You can try. Yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, I think the numbers go into it uh, for sure. But I think it takes harder to get, like you said, and longer to get those numbers yeah. uh, to where they should be. So it's, uh, we're getting better. We're improving. But there's nowhere where we need to get to if we want to take this program where I want to take it. Yeah, let, let's talk about that. Do you so you have a vision of where it wants to go? Let's say there's some growing pains in year one. Like you might expect that for with first year coach, you're going to see that across the conference, I think. But what's success for you? What do you need to see? Because I remember Jonathan Smith, year one, I think it was like two and ten, and but they were starting to compete in spots, and he said that was really affirming for him yeah i think success is just being the very best we can be at whatever we do that's how we define it but i think if there's something that you know a fan could measure of okay coach is going to be happy with it is fight and passion like you watch our team play and it doesn't matter the score it doesn't matter what's happening you can see guys care you can see guys have a passion for being on the field and have pride in what they do Love that, and I think too. Is it, do you think it's easier with the portal to get to get competitive sooner? Uh, yes and no, because yeah. the portal can help you get a better player, but not every player can come in and fit in a culture. And sometimes it can 
actually work in a backwards effect. So you've got to be able to manage the portal uh, within your culture. And once you build a good enough culture, I think it's mm-hmm. easier to bring in those elite players. Yeah. I mean, if you, but I think that's the same for most NFL teams. Once they establish a culture and consistency, it's easier to bring in, yeah. you know, those other guys to the program. Yeah, because I think if we talked about culture right now, if we look back, we go, okay, Utah has really good culture. Oregon State's got some culture. You can see it, but it's continuity. The coaching staffs don't turn over and they lose fewer players in the portal. But you still have to use that portal because everybody else is doing it. And you know better than anybody, you got to get in there and get players. All right, last question. Quarterbacks. You're a quarterback guy. So are we going to see top-line quarterbacks being very transfer-heavy, meaning that you know if Arizona State has a transfer quarterback that starts, should we just expect that that's – where the pipeline for quarterbacks is going to come from, the portal rather than development as freshmen? Or how do you see that? I think it'll be both. I think there'll be a select few elite freshmen who'll be able to play as a true freshman or their freshman year. But I think because of NIL, you're going to see the opportunities for some of these top, top, top quarterbacks in the country playing at other schools that how are you going to turn down this financial opportunity at this school? Uh, They're just not. And they're going to take those opportunities. So I think you're going to continue to see more top quarterbacks return to college, hmm. like you saw this year, yeah. and more top quarterbacks uh, transfer to these top schools uh, because the NIL. So I do think NIL is keeping kids in college, and it's actually making – uh, a better product in college from a mm-hmm. standpoint of you have better players in it. Yeah, I love that. We, we got to see some silver lining because I think I think some of it's turning everybody off, you know. Yeah. But I like the idea that we're going to see Michael Penix Jr., Bo Nix back, Cam Rising back. You know, it's going to be fun to watch those guys and, and, and see what you guys do. It's a small world, Kenny Dillingham. After all. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for stopping thank by. Thank you. Appreciate you. See you later. The Bald Face Truth with John Canzano. Live from Pac-12 Media Day in Las Vegas. Jaden Delora is with us. Who'd you? What did you play as a kid? What sports? Uh, baseball. Okay. Started with baseball, uh, basketball, football, volleyball. Yeah. Did it all. Yeah. Did yeah. your? Uh, was that like your parents just kept you enrolling you in things? Or yeah. What so we- my my dad, his side of the family is really the one that are that is into sports. Um. But I would say my mom's dad was the one who figured out that I could throw. So <laughs> I, he signed me up for baseball. And yeah. then my dad really figured out that. So I played corner and safety before and receiver. Yeah. And then our quarterback didn't show up one game. And my dad threw me a quarterback. And the rest was history. I'd never left quarterback. That so. goes in the book yeah. when you write the book about, you know, your progression to quarterbacking. Mm-hmm. Um, did you, uh, you know, growing up, did you have – the quarterback position was that your favorite player or were you always like a defensive back like um you know so my favorite player the poster on your wall i guess um so when i was playing defense my favorite defense and receiver my favorite player was larry fitzgerald okay and then once i started playing quarterback it was michael vick so that's kind of why i wear number seven yes yeah. yeah that's there was not a better player college football player than michael vick uh-huh. when he was at his prime yeah he doesn't get the sure. respect that like people don't remember it was like a video game mm-hmm. he and reggie bush yeah were different uh, yeah for different sure. in that for way for sure um you're you're coming back this season uh, obviously people are going to ask you about the settlement the sex mm-hmm. assault case yeah. that stems from high school what do you say to arizona fans pac-12 fans uh, that want to believe in you mm-hmm. um you know, I'm here at media day. Um, 
with all this media and even though I would love the opportunity to share my side of the story and really kind of defend myself or but there's also like a law that I need to follow that I can't break um, and I can't speak about anything on this topic so I understand that from a legal standpoint mm -hmm. how about just the idea of your character uh -huh. and Arizona fans that say hey I want to I want to cheer for this guy mm -hmm. and you know I've got daughters and yeah. I want to mm -hmm. get behind this guy what what would you just say to them aside from the facts of the case mm -hmm. I would say you know if you really knew me I have a lot of females in my family um, the one family member I love the most is my mom. I got a lot of girl cousins. I got a lot of nieces. Um, I got a lot of aunties, and those were the females who raised me. Those were the ones who raised me my whole life. Um, I've got coaches that have daughters that, you know, they believe me. They trust in me. Um, and I look at, I don't have sisters. I have two brothers. And I look at any female that I'm around that I have a connection to. It's like, that's like my sister, so. Jaden Delora is with us. Uh, last season, what's what's the game that got away from you? Man, there was a lot. Um, There's a lot. What ones kept you up at night? Maybe more than the others. USC. Really? USC. Felt you had that one. Yeah, we should have had that one. What happened? <laughs> Big smile. Do we are we gonna get into it? No, no we won't get into <laughs> we it. We won't get into it. But that was the one I was like. Yeah. Yeah. You want another shot at that one? Yeah, for sure. And it's okay. You know, it's okay to say that. Like, you know, I was talking to Caleb Williams, and he mm -hmm. said he wanted to play Oregon last mm -hmm. year. And he says yeah. he's going to get to play Oregon this year. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're a competitor. You want those matchups, don't yeah. you? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, play the best of the best, you know. Um, let's say, and last year's schedule, we played the best of the best. Like, we played every single ranked team in the Pac-12 five weeks in a row. So yeah. we kind of got what we asked for. Um, yeah. And, you know, it was a tough stretch, but I would say it prepared our team for this upcoming season. So The media, we don't always get it right, but mm. does it put a chip on your shoulder that people did not include Arizona as a top six team? And, you know, do you do you like that in some way that, okay, I'm motivated know. or not? is it a non-factor? I would say with my maturity this off season, I kind of really don't look at any of that. Um, I know Coach Fish will send me rankings of, like, quarterbacks and then our team, our offense. I'm like, does everybody forget what our offense did last year? Yeah. You know? Like, i seen explosive plays. We weren't even in the top 25 ranked. And I'm like, okay. I, I mean, I guess. But, you know, that's just, like, what Coach always preaches to us is we got to earn everything. So we just got to earn everybody's respect. And that's going to be earned from our hard work put in now and it will show on the field when we start playing games so for sure if your defense can stop people mm -hmm. you guys are going to win games oh yeah i picked you guys as a surprise team and i think mm -hmm. you guys if if somebody who nobody sees coming is going to crack the top six mm -hmm. i think it's you guys yeah but what needs to happen for that to happen um we need to all trust and believe in each other um as a team um trust into the coaches um their scheme that they put together for us and really take this season serious you know we have a lot of older guys that are trying to um chase their dreams and go to the next level in the nfl um but one thing that they all know is we need to focus on our time now and not worry about the nfl we can worry about that after so that is one thing that we are really plugged into and i feel like this will help us get what we really truly want to achieve so the uh conference has got a bunch of qbs um 
are you guys, do you guys talk to each other, stay in touch with each Are you closer with some guys, not others? Like, How does that work? Because I think fans mm-hmm. probably don't know. You are there's six of you here. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do you, when you walk in the room, do you all know each other? And you know, you've mm-hmm. probably been on recruiting visits with some of these guys or seen them. But well, like I said, the Manning Passing Academy was the first time I've met any other college quarterbacks outside when we played. So Cam, I keep in touch with Cam. Um, and then this past year was I actually got to meet Cam Ward, hmm. and you know he's a great person. Uh, we actually just we're I feel like our relationship is way better than like, nobody would. You know, everybody yeah. has this. He went to yeah, Washington oh yeah, State, he's a, you're the guy who left. Yeah, you know what I mean. But yeah, you're supposed to hate each other. But, yeah, no, not even close to that. So when I seen him, I text him, hey, what time do you get in? Like, and he's staying right next to me in the hotel room. So yeah. I go over there, him and RJ. Yeah, and we're just um, catching up. You know, just talking about our time in Pullman, talking about his time in Pullman, talking about the season. So. Yeah. You, you know, there were some people that were surprised when they saw your name on the list. They thought, gosh, Arizona's bringing Jaden Delora. Yeah. Did you want to be here? In- yeah. So Coach Fish kind of asked me, and I told him, I was like, you know, I don't want anybody else getting questioned about um, me and then the situation. So, you know what, I'll I'll take it first. I'll take it head on. Um, and knowing that, you know, I only can say so much. I can't say anything. I can't um, disclose um, details. But... You know, I just didn't want anybody else in my shoes um, speaking for me, not knowing the details and everything. So. Well, I appreciate that, and you know, I appreciate you too knowing that I've got to ask you about mm-hmm. it. You know, oh, yeah, you and I think that I have a job to do, and and you know, I I just want I want people I want to ask the questions that Arizona fans and Pac-12 yeah. fans want mm-hmm. asked, and everybody wants to be comfortable with it. Yes. And will there be a point at some point where you will be able to talk about it, or uh, is that a forever? Not that I know. So yeah. it's kind of like something where it's forever i can't say anything about it which right. kind of kind of sucks because you know there's this narrative out there that you know i can't really change rather than other than just through my actions like throughout the years you know what i mean so of course like um people always have a question you know people can look me up and then that'll be up there and then there's not an article of oh what did Jaden have to say about this you know what i mean because i can't defend myself so it it's a, going back to it sucks, um, especially for my family. You know what I mean. So. Well, I think what you have control of now is what you know, what you do, How and I who be. you are, and mm-hmm. that's what you can control. Mm-hmm. All right. Good luck this season. I'll see you uh, on the field after the games, whatnot. But thank I appreciate you. it, Jaden Delora. Thank you. B F F T. Now, built by high-caliber millwrights, live from Resorts World Las Vegas, site of Pac-12 Media Day, here's John Canzano with the ball-faced truth. I'm Steve Vaughn. 
John is live down at Pac-12 Media Day, getting things lined up. As he will have, be talking to George Klyovkov in just a second. Oregon coach Dan Lane a little bit later on this hour. But John's had some great interviews today. Um, you know, you learn a lot of things. Caleb Williams pops on, says he's he wants to play the Ducks. But that was interesting. Um, you know, you talk about Cameron Rising. Is he the GOAT? Is he the GOAT of the Pac-12 right now? He may be. Very interesting stuff uh, out of everybody down in Las Vegas. John Canzano, he will be joining us here in just one second. Stephen Vaughn right now helping out Canzano. He's uh, getting the interviews set up. We'll have George Klyovkov live on the air here on the Bald Face Truth coming up in just a couple of minutes. Like I said, Dan Lanning then coming up in a little bit later on this hour. Later on the show, hour three, the happy hour. It's going to be the happy hour of coaching the co-pack 12 coaches of the year. Mike, or uh, not Mike, right? What am I thinking? Jonathan Smith. Oregon State, Kalen DeBoer, University of Washington. They were the co-coaches of the year a season ago um, this season. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to hear from them as well. Right now we'll pop on Judah Newby as well. Judah, what's going on, man? What's uh, What's been the highlight? You've been listening to all these interviews. What's been the highlight so far for you, man? Man, there's been a lot of good ones. Uh, Chip Kelly's last Pac-12 Media Day interview with John Cazano. That's, uh, that's always a highlight. Kenny Dillingham. You know, talking about uh, getting ready to start his own legacy at Arizona State. I thought Caleb Williams came across pretty likable uh, this time around with John. Yeah, yeah and he did a really nice job. And uh, Cam Rising's just cool as a cucumber. You can't get anything by him, but everything's been a highlight so far. Fellas, how are you? <laughs> Pac-12 Media Day. Uh, what? How are you guys? Are you guys enjoying the interviews? Yeah, man, It's it's been a great time. I mean, it, I, I, there's been... Like Judah just said, Caleb Williams came across as a little bit likable, which was interesting. I thought, uh, you know, wasn't expecting that, but he did, and he called, he kind of called out the Ducks a little bit, was awesome. You know, a little bit yeah. of smack talk there. I, I, I didn't mind that. I didn't either. I love it. I love it. You know, he he wants the competition. So you know, so far it's been so good. I'm excited to hear you talk to uh, George Klyovkov and hear what he has to say. Yeah, this hour is going to be fantastic, and uh, obviously the happy hour as it is every day. I think will be lights out, but. This hour, it will be George Klyovkov, the Pac-12 commissioner. It will be Dan Lanning, University of Oregon football coach. It will be Rob Mullins, the athletic director at Oregon. It should be uh, absolutely action-packed and, uh, and a lot of fun. But uh, Klyovkov is just finishing up down the way. And I just want to set the scene a little bit because I haven't done this yet. Um, you know, the Resort World Casino's got a nightclub that is downstairs on the main level. You take an escalator up two levels and you, it opens up into a large ballroom. That's where they have sort of the radio row uh, that is going on here. Now they have, they have erected like four foot tall hedges that create these cubicles for the radio shows. And I'm in one and I'll take a picture of it. I'll tweet it out, but uh, I'm in one of these cubicles and it's got the equivalent of a fake hedge around it. So, uh, you know, you feel like you're in a little bit of a backyard setting. It's a little outdoorsy, even though it's like 150 degrees outside and you're inside an air conditioning place. So it's kind of, it's not a bad scene. But the coaches will come in, I've got, and the players will come in, and I've got a uh, table in front of me and uh, obviously multiple chairs and the radio equipment, and they will slide into the seat, and then we'll have the conversations. And some of what you're hearing um, – today it really surprised me because 
I felt like most of the coaches and players that I've talked with, either even before the show today or during the show, really, really want to be here. Um, I also have found a, a couple of occasions where I was a little bit confused by the, uh, the you know, the entities and the schools who brought players. And, you know, I don't know uh, how much of uh, Shador Sanders we're going to put on the air, guys. But I got to be honest, I was underwhelmed with his interview. And, Stephen, I think you heard a little bit of it. I was really waiting to have Shador. I was excited to have Shador, and I thought it was just me. But talked to some other people, and they weren't uh, they weren't blown away either. So we'll talk more about that. George Klyovkov is the Pac-12 commissioner. He's sliding into the booth now. Booth between the hedges, whatever we're yeah. calling this thing. It's feeling very Georgia here. It is. You yeah. know, we. I think we need a little brick though. A little, a little. Make it. I don't know. It looks <laughs> fine. I, hey, I appreciate you giving some time for us. What, Absolutely. What was hey, it like? Before, before yeah. we jump in, yeah. I know Coach Prime couldn't be here. Yeah. So um, am I supposed to call you BFT? Yeah, you yeah. could do okay. – or, or the truth. <laughs> I was going to say just truth. Yeah. I gotta, you know? I need a nickname so that, <laughs> so that we can have that going back <laughs> like and we forth. We can go back and forth. Um, what was it like for you today? All right, you're in a nightclub, stepping onto the <laughs> stage. You're, you're where the DJ is going to normally be. Yeah. You know, uh, you got a teleprompter. It's not a very natural setting to give a speech in. Yeah, these things are never yeah. natural, by the way. Yeah. But yeah, but that, that was interesting. But I actually thought, um, given that it's a nightclub, there were some video boards and some other kind of yeah. elements that we could light up, which I thought made it really special. And the, by the way, the student athletes loved it. Yeah. They like, loved it. And, <laughs> and I care more about that than anything else. I will tell you, this is the third football media day I've done. You'll recall the first one was – Three weeks into my job and a week after Texas and Oklahoma news yeah. broke. Second one was less than four weeks after UCLA and USC. So for me, this was a This layup. was a cake. This was the easy this one. This was cake. <laughs> this, this was, was not. Yeah. If it, if it keeps getting easier like this. Yeah. yeah. Well, you knew there were going to be media rights questions. Sure. And I thought they were fair questions that were asked. I totally. mean, I, you know, I don't know what, I don't know what you're going to say until you really have a deal to come forth with, but I think you can help people out a little bit by just kind of shaping, you know, that you guys seem to have a confidence, you yeah. know, and the people that I've talked with seem, there seems to be a confidence about this conference right now that maybe wasn't present 10 months ago, 11 months ago. Yep. There was a lot more, I think, um, you know, a lot more up in the air at that point. Yep. But uh, don't mind that sound. That's just cornhole. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> that's, that's behind my head. Yeah. Okay. All right. They're playing cornhole over there. But uh, help us with that. You know, the confidence that you hear from your board and your members. Uh, you you talked a little bit about it today, but help our listeners with why you feel that way. Yeah. Well, it's it's a combination of things. So I, listen, I think in the first couple months after UCL and USC, the whole conference is vibrating. No one knows who the next yeah. person to leave is. It's, it's just a really, really difficult time. And at some point that settles down and, you know, the, the 10 uh, schools say, okay, well, for the time being, we're committed to each other, but we have to get a media deal done. And what we've seen is over the last nine months or so, it's been the worst macroeconomic conditions for media and technology companies in decades, right? We've seen layoffs and other cost-cutting measures. We've seen bankruptcies we've seen you know banks going under yeah. <laughs> we you know we've seen uh writer strikes and actor strikes we've seen senior leadership changes at the media companies i mean i yeah. i literally can do this for 20 minutes yeah. with it seems like almost every week for the last nine months there's been some craziness going on amongst our partners and the conversation we've been having in the boardroom is 
Um, in that kind of an environment, you don't really want to be doing a media rights deal, right? Yeah. Because you, you're going to be in a place where you're leaving money on the table and your partner is not going to be very excited about doing the deal. So we have to be patient. Yeah. And uh, the board has been incredibly patient and candidly the athletic directors too. This is not easy for them, right? They're getting yeah. pressure left, right, and center from every constituent. So they've been very patient. Our media companies have been patient with us. You know, it, it, it works both ways. And what I have seen is that particularly in the last month or so, but, but even earlier than that, um, the macroeconomic conditions were getting better. People were getting past their layoffs and starting to reinvest, starting to think about more long-term planning. And we are very fortunate to have the only Power yeah. 5 meteorites available for the next six, seven years. That's a very attractive property. And people have started coming back to the table who were not able to be at the mm. table three months ago or six months ago. That helps the negotiation, certainly. Uh, yeah. There also seems to be a normalization of streaming that has happened in that last year that yeah. everybody is talking that that's eventually where everyone ends up. That, you know, ESPN, Bob Iger comes out and says, hey, I, I, I know when, I'm not going to say when, but, you know, direct to consumer, we're a streamer at some point. Yeah. Um, that Does that help hinder change? Uh, how does that help? Well, I think I think it doesn't change. I mean, we've I, I think it's an acknowledgement by Bob Iger that this is happening faster than people had previously anticipated. I think that's the case. But any time we were thinking about a media deal, first of all, you know, I'm not doing a 12 year deal. Yeah. <laughs> right. So this can be a shorter deal. But but the shorter deal, even if it's pretty short, you still have to think about how the media consumption habits of people are going to change between the first year and the fifth year. Mm. And in a perfect world, you have a partner or partners that allow you to take advantage of how people consume media in year one and how people consume media in the last year of yeah. the deal. And I don't know how that's not a combination of traditional linear broadcast yeah. and digital. Yeah. Uh, both, both elements have to be in there. And, you know, at the end of the term, it may still be the case that there's still more people watching on broadcast, but not young people. Yeah. You know, I've got two early 20 year old kids, you know, yeah. yeah, they're not, they're not, they don't have a satellite or cable service they, yeah. and they won't have a satellite or cable service yeah. ever. I don't believe George Klyovkov with us, uh, settled debate in our household. I say PAC 12 has mishandled the messaging and with, I've in the last year, <laughs> my wife says, no, they haven't. Yeah. If you don't have anything to say, you don't need to say anything. Yeah, and I think your wife also <laughs> pointed out that the board gets to make that decision, yes. if, if I've heard correctly. Right, yes. And 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 that is the case, right? Yeah. Like, there is nothing about the way the Pac-12 historically has carried itself that would say I should be out spending my last year doing tit for tat with all of the fan media that's been speculating about which of our schools is going to leave next week. By the way, that's been never ending yeah. for, for the yeah. last year. And the idea that I would spend any time or um, emotion on that and and like kind of feeding that, that narrative yeah. didn't make sense to me. I would say at the same time, I understood that there's a reputational risk about not defending your turf. And for me, the thing that indicated to me that we were on the right path about not being out there was I thought of everything that you could actually be harming, you could be actually harming recruiting. Yeah. Right? Like... Kids might say, well, I'm reading that you're not going to be in the Pac-12 or that school's not going to be in the Pac-12. It turns out we're having our best recruiting year ever. So I look at that and go, yeah, that kind of – It's not hurting you. It's not hurting us. Yeah. Uh, the um, That that chorus that's out there, I, I, I encounter that on a daily basis because, I look, I report what I know to be true, and yeah. I encounter people who go, 
who are throwing outlandish things at me, and as I as I track them down, there's just nothing to it. Well, you do this weird thing yeah. that you know when I was in journalism school, we we learned, which was sourcing stories and actually getting facts and yeah. confirming those facts before you report them. Yeah. Obviously, the new world yeah. of you know kind of social media doesn't require people yeah. to have those kind of facts before they report stuff. So it's just nonsense, left, right, and yeah. center for month after month after month. It'll be interesting to see what what happens or what the reporting looks like in the aftermath. Yeah. When you have a deal, when when everyone's on board and everything's signed, it'll be interesting to hear what what the shift will be. Oh, they yeah. didn't get they didn't get distribution, or right. I don't know what it'll be, but it'll be yeah. something. The way I think about it is, um, they will find something to criticize. That's fine. Uh, I in a weird way, think that this whole fans getting engaged in media rights, which we've never had before, but which is fascinating to me, has created this like kind of weird fan rivalry between the Big 12 and the Pac-12 that's yeah. never occurred before. I actually think it's great. Yeah. As soon as I get my media rights deal, I think Brett and I should sit down yeah. and figure out how to you know, solve it, solve it on the field. <laughs> Let, let's put that rivalry on the field. Have a let's, trophy. Totally. Play non-conference match over, be, crossover. Yeah, I like that. And then I'll unmute all the uh, Big 12 fans that I have muted on Twitter <laughs> in the last year. George Klyovkov is with us, Pac-12 commissioner. Expansion, I want to pivot that way. You, you made clear again. You reiterated uh, it'll be media rights deal, grant of rights, signed, then a pivot to possible expansion. Yeah. I have that right? I've been nothing if not consistent on that. Okay. Is there a delay between each step, or does it happen bang, bang, bang? Is it well, the like, first the first two happen yeah. right right after each other because we've already negotiated the grant of rights. Yeah, like that's okay. ready to sign. So boom, boom. Now, now each school has to go through a process before they sign the grant of rights. Yeah, but they've done pre work to make sure that that's a very short time frame. Okay, like you know days, not weeks. Yeah. So we're seeing some of the signatory authority has been you, taken care you, of. You've been following those those yeah. things. Okay, yeah, that, that's deep in the weeds. Okay. Of, of what I do every day. All but, right, but we've been doing that pre work. Uh, and then with respect to expansion, we've spent months preparing to extend invitations if that turns out to be the right thing based on the media deals we do. And that could move quickly or not. It probably depends on who we're inviting and what their circumstances are, particularly with their conference. It, help me with this. As you talk to media partners, I'm assuming you model, here's our conference as a group of 10 Here's a, at 11 with this school. Here's at 12. Yep. Here's at 13, 14, whatever. Yep. And then, so you're really modeling like four different deals, right? Well, I think pretty quickly you get uh, feedback from uh, the media partners about which schools. At the end of the day, uh, adding schools has to be accretive, which means the media partners are writing a bigger check. So, you know, they, they know who they value and who they don't. Uh, based on historic ratings, based on perform, you know, all the stuff that you would evaluate if you were sitting in their chair, and they pretty quickly give you that feedback. The, um, I guess, what would we call it? The uh, the way the conference is set up, you uh, do you need eight votes to approve expansion? Or you, you, it's uh, three quarters of the voting members of the board. Our board today is ten, so it would be eight out of ten. But the way the Pac-12 operates is we do things unanimously. Yeah. Like, you know, if, if someone vehemently opposes adding yeah. a school, even they might be the one dissenting vote. I don't think we're adding that. School. Really? So it I, could I just be, you know, I, that's that's just the way uh, it seems to operate. That's and, that's the world of academia. Yeah. But I, I'll tell you, the good part about that is usually when it's nine to one in what I'm learning is that uh, the president and chancellor, who is that one vote, will um, agree. The, they'll go. Hey, they'll uh, go. Yes. Well, that's okay. a weird world. 
that academia I, world. I, I find it. Those fasc- are your bosses, so I know I, you can't. Yeah, no, listen, I find it fascinating, and and like, uh, I, it's so nice to be in a room where you know, everyone else in the room is smarter than you, and everyone else in the room is more accomplished than you, and everyone else in the room has these like advanced degrees and have has risen to yeah. be a president of a Pac-12 school. You don't do that without being yeah. like a superstar. Look at Oregon State's president, Jayatha oh Murthy. She, she's like 14. Yeah. She went to engineering college. <laughs> It you is know? a really impressive room and sometimes intimidating to present to. George Kafkoff with us. All right, you, so you pivoted to football today, so I'm going to pivot to football a little bit. Yeah. You've got a whole bunch of quarterbacks in the in the room today, co- coaches, a yep. lot of excitement. Do you think that um, the football season starts and we're no longer talking about media deal? Are we talking about football? Well, you said you were going to pivot I'm to pivoting. football. You see what I did there? And then you tried to ask me timing yeah. for the media rights. <laughs> So let's focus on football. Here's okay. what I can tell you. Pac-12 football is the best it's been in two decades, period, full stop. And the reason is because the schools have been investing. And that investment has paid off. And by the way, it paid off a lot quicker than I thought it was going to pay off. I thought this was a three- or four-year process. And in the second year, we're seeing that, that, that payoff. And I'll give you one statistic that your, you know, your listeners may know. But last year, we had eight quarterbacks in the Pac-12 who passed for 3,000 yards or more. Only the second time in the history of college football that's happened. By the way, the first time was the Pac-12 too. But only the second time that's happened in the history of college football. And the amazing part is six of those quarterbacks returned and are starting. And you probably interviewed all of them because they were all here today. Had them all. And so you got those six as the starting quarterbacks, uh, each of whom has had a 3,000-yard season. And then you layer in the folks that we've brought in to be quarterbacks in the other schools. Yeah. Oh my God! We're going to light it up. The scoreboard's going to be, you know, fusing out. <laughs> a lot of fun to do that. And yeah. I, 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 will you uh, non-conference games? Do you have plans to be? Yes. At the big ones, or yes. You know, do you already know where you're going? Or I, I have a plan. It could yeah. shift based yeah. on outcomes. Will you be at the Texas Tech Oregon game? I am not sure about that one. Yeah, because what else is that week? Is that Michigan? Uh, I think that's Michigan State. Michigan State, Washington. Uh, Washington. Yeah. I think that's that week. Um, that's second week of the season. That, yeah. That that's also uh, Colorado hosting Nebraska. Oh, that's a big one. Which is that's a, a tough one. one. Yeah, that's uh, well, they've got a tough. You schedule. might have to be in multiple places <laughs> that that weekend. Yeah, I mean, one week week one is really nice because we got a Thursday night game. Yeah. Florida's coming to Utah, yeah. and then I go to a Saturday game. So, um, yeah, we'll figure it out. But uh, yeah. it's it's my favorite time of the year because obviously once we get into conference play, yeah, I get to go to games, but I don't get to root. Right, and I but like, it, I like rooting. It's supposed to be, you know, like when I think of the job of conference commissioner, we don't think about all the nonsense and the negotiations yeah. and all the stuff we've been talking about. We think about, you know, the football product and the basketball product, yeah. and and so I I hope we can get back to doing that. Um, I'm having fun reporting about it and writing yeah. about it and talking about it. I hope I'm doing a good job with it, but I appreciate you coming on the show. It's great to see you. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Okay. Leave it here. You got the Bald Face Truth. Pac-12 Media Day. You're listening to the Bald Face Truth. I am live from Resorts World Casino. Dan Landing, University of Oregon football coach, is with me. Uh, how you doing? How many interviews have you done today? Do you know? I've lost count, um, but I've been waiting for this moment. Yeah. This, this is, is the, the one. one. This is the cream de la creme. <laughs> this is the one that I've been uh, excited to get to. Yeah. Look, how, how about you? How many today? Uh, 29. This is 30 or is this 29? This would be 30. Let's go. Yeah. I'm all right. I yeah. could do another 30. Some of these guys knock off after you were, 15, you were 16. Yeah, you were. This is what, you know, this is what you were put on the surface. My wife do. keeps texting me. She'll just text hydrate. 
That's all. That's like <laughs> well, all day long. Hey, you'd be proud. You can't see it. Yeah. But just so, if she's listening, she needs to look. There's so much uh, empty bottles on this table <laughs> right now. Container. It looks like we've gone from coffee to Gatorade. Yes. Now we're to water. Yeah. And I don't know what that mixed drink is. Yeah. That's. Over there. I'm gonna. I'm gonna graduate. It'll be a Crown and Coke in about five minutes. There you go. Um. All right. So, uh, what are people asking you about? I'm. I'm curious. All these other radio stations. You could guess every question. Really? Yeah, you could guess every What's one. it like having Bo Nix back? That's right. What's it like having Bo back? What do you think of our conference? What? Yeah, you, you know all the questions. How is What did you learn, learn from year your, one? Year two. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. So I'll go different. So let's see if you can. Okay. Uh, where did you guys vacation this summer? All right, so uh, we we went to Maui. We said we're we're not. We went to Maui for a couple of days, and then my wife and I are from Missouri. We went back to Lake of the Ozarks, yeah. um, and hung out there with some family. And then and then we hung out in Oregon, man. Yeah, Lake of the Ozarks sounds really interesting. It is. What? Give me a scene setter. It's, I would say people watching Supreme. <laughs> um, you get all walks of life there. Yeah. And then it's crazy. You're on this lake that feels like it's somewhat in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And then you see this big yacht go by. Way too big for the lake. But the right. lake's, I mean, it's a big lake. It's got yeah. more shoreline, uh, I think, than any other lake in the nation. They tell you when you arrive there, I'm sure. They, they it's have, a big sign. They have right? a sign up yeah. that says, welcome to America's shoreline. Uh, Dan Lanning is with us. When you go to those places, are you able to decompress? Can you put your phone away? I try to, you, I try, know? With, you don't ever uh, check out, but I try to knock out a lot of my work early in the morning. My, my family doesn't necessarily get up as early as I do, mm. so I can do the early mornings. I can kind of set up my phone calls sporadically throughout the day. Yeah. But we, we, we make sure we find time for the fam. Who's the early riser among your kids? Niles. Okay. My, my middle son will get up. and He's uh, the reader? He's a reader. Yeah. He's a reader and writer. He's, he's writing a book right yeah. now. Yeah. Oh, what's yeah. it on? Uh. I don't know exactly. Okay. But I'm going to pick some sort of mystery, a drama, fantasy yeah. is what I would say. Man. He's a great storyteller. We did uh, campfire stories the other day with S'mores, and he had he had a pretty good campfire story. You need a storyteller in the family. He's got yeah. it. He's, he's dialed yeah. in. You, what you need is your youngest is going to be the star athlete we'll see. or stunt yeah. man. Stuntman. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, your middle is going to be, he's going to be writing Hollywood scripts. That's, okay. And then the uh, the oldest, what do you think? Yeah, great question. The the musical score? Yeah. I, is he the musician? He, he's in the band. Yeah. He's in the band. I uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah. he's a kind-hearted kid. It'll be interesting to see what he picks. He could up. be an actor. He, I think he would love that. Yeah. Yeah, I think he would He's love the that. actor. You got a stuntman. He's a movie gotta, guy. Yeah. He's a movie guy. We talked about that last year when you were on. You yeah. you gave us your movies and kind of scared me because you had like. They're a little dark and depressing. Yeah. What have you been What have you been watching lately? You know what I want to watch? I haven't seen it yet. Is that Oppenheimer movie? Yeah, everyone's um, talking about it. Yeah, but I've been charged the last few nights. Uh, like I'm in charge of picking movies at our house. So we, we've now made it to Men in Black. Okay. That was a big hit with the kids. They wanted to get to like Men in Black three and four, and I don't know how many there are, but yeah. I, I don't think they understand that it goes way down once you get to the next. Yeah. one. What did we do the other day? Uh, twins. Okay. With Arnold yeah, and Danny, and Danny DeVito. DeVito. That was a good yeah. hit with the boys. You know that was Astoria, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, filmed yeah. in Astoria. Well, and you know what else was the other Arnold Goonies. movie? Well, oh. the other Arnold Schwarzenegger movie filmed in Astoria. Kindergarten Cop. Kindergarten Cop. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Well I, done. I, I know a few movies. All right. All right. I, I'm not as good as you, but I know some movies. Have but... you seen The Prestige? It's, Tell uh, me about it. Uh, like two magicians that are like battling... Uh, Yes, I'm drawing a blank on I, names here. I know it, but Batman. I, Who, who's Batman? Uh, he's a great actor. I mean, he Christian it. Bale. Christian Bale. Yeah. And um, Hugh Jackman. Okay. Good movie. 
Yeah. Makes you think a little bit at the end. I think I've seen that. Is yeah. that a little older? It's a little, a little older. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 in the two thousands. What do you, what makes a good movie in your mind? Uh, surprise. Okay. Right. Like it doesn't end like you think it's supposed to end. Yeah. Right? I don't need. That's probably why I'm not big on the feel good stories and stuff yeah. like that. Like I need something that's like, oh man. Did you watch Memento? Oh yeah. Okay. I like Memento for that reason. It's a little different. Quirky. But I have other people who say it's a terrible movie. I don't understand it. And I'm like, it's that's it's not for everybody. Can you imagine waking up every day and not knowing what happened yesterday? It's like a mixture of a Groundhog Day yeah. and like American History X or something. Yeah. It's different now. Yeah, you know? I like that. Uh, did, now, so did you ask? The, did these other guys ask you about your movies? No. Did they talk about your kids as stuntmen? None. So this is a different interview. We're already, already on a different path. If you give me a question, I've been hit with. I'm going to say, John, I'm not answering that. Yeah. What's uh, your favorite? offensive play call um, that you like like when you hear it come through the headset you're like oh i like that like that's a winner yeah um you know i like our our shot series so like you know when, when i hear one of our shots come across the call i love taking shots down the field okay yeah you like to see the ball in the air i like to see that good good that means that must mean you think good things happen when the ball's in the air i i, I mean yeah. not always but yeah, yeah. I, I enjoy those moments that moment in the holiday bowl at the end mm. we're both you score the Fourth touch. Down. Yeah. yeah. Did he really call that play or did so that we're, So we're on the, the headset. We're on the headset. Um, it was a suggestion um, of, you know, we're kind of walking through what we like. Yeah. And the question's, Bo, what do you like? And he liked, you know, he liked that call. And yeah. we had run it several times in bowl prep. It's been something we had success with. It wasn't like a, hey, this is the, the flavor of the week. It's something we've done and had yeah. success with. So. Um, yeah, he was all in on it. You got a player who's comfortable with it. You got a play you like, you, right? And it's and you, frankly, it's a bowl game. It wasn't the national title game, okay? No. So if you make the play, it's all gravy. Well, you want to win. I know. Yeah, I know. You want to win. I was giving you a fallback, and you won't take it. No fallbacks, yeah. man. No fallbacks. Let's on that note. Ten wins, and some of your fans were not happy. You and I have talked about this off air, and uh, you like the expectations. Absolutely. You like the That's why people. you come to a place like Oregon. Yeah. Right, you wanna you wanna be in a place where people wanna win and have high expectations. Good to see that you get you're picked fourth. Uh, somebody asked you that. I'm sure somebody asked you this. They you're did. picked fourth. No comment. Are you me. are you wallpapering your office with that as motivation? I don't really need extrinsic motivation, mm -hmm. but um, I'm sure I'm sure that some people in our program will see that. But I th I think it's important. I think I think it's good. Kyle Whittingham came up to me. He goes third. How many times do we have to win it in a row to get picked first? You know, he, good question. But yeah. it's, he's joking, but. Uh, there's a little truth buried in there. Like yeah. he noticed it. Oh yeah. That nobody picked them. Right. He's got great culture. How do, do you guys ever go back and look and say, "Hey, this is how we picked it." I have them all. I can tech. I'll send. Do you, you ever to get you. it? Do you guys get it right? Uh, do we ever get it right? Do you guys ever? <laughs> are you like the weathermen? Or uh, it's it, They picked uh, the media picked Utah uh, last two years ago. Picked Utah and so Oregon. Got it right, right two years ago. Got it right. Okay. But. It, you're, you'd be surprised. The real surprises are when you see somebody who's picked seventh or eighth who finishes third. Right. There's a disruptor. Mm. I kind of think a disruptor could be Arizona this year. Yeah. They have offense. Yeah. If they find any defense, they will be a little dicey. They could be for, disruptive. For people. Yeah. But now you're asking me questions. See how That's this, how I this like is, doing this. This flipped. The, the script just flipped. Dan Lanning is with us, University of Oregon football coach. Um, you will fly back to Eugene tonight. So this is just you guys came down last night or this morning? Uh, we came. To, you came yesterday. Okay, so you come down yesterday. You do this flurry of events, then you go back. How soon do you get into full football swing? Like, yeah, our coaches are back in the it. office next week. Um, this will be our players off week. This next week, we're actually going to climb Spencer's Butte tomorrow. Um, it's kind of how we cap off every summer. 
um, workout. So we'll cap that off. Our players will have that that time off, and then we'll come back full full tilt the next week after that. You want to play a week zero game, or you like having the normal schedule? Normal's good, yeah. um, but I don't really care. I mean, you just play what's in front of you. Yeah. Do you get input into scheduling? Does Rob Mullins come to you and say, "Hey, who do you who would you like to play?" Because some um, of these games are like ten years from now. Yeah, I mean that's the part, right? Yeah. Like uh, schedules are kind of mapped out here for a little while, but um, we talk on scheduling for sure. There's uh, George Klyovkov in the last segment talked about you know you guys are playing Texas Tech. There's a become a little rivalry with the Big Twelve and the Pac Twelve. He said at the end of this he'd like to approach the Big Twelve about maybe playing some games, and have a why not play for an annual trophy Pac Twelve teams against big 12 teams in a given week do you like that kind of stuff if you were to play crossovers in a given week eh. uh i mean i like playing football yeah so um sure I, I know you like playing football because the football pants you wore in high school in your last game that you lost or whatever never got washed mm, yeah harrisonville it's a rough game you still pull those pants out i don't i don't They're would they the fit closet. you would they no, fit you today absolutely not absolutely yeah. i'm a few pounds heavier now your uh wide receivers in the spring game, I left going, that is a scary group. Like, I, I could think defensively there would be some problems for some defenses. So how do you uh, how do you accentuate that, or how do you make that all it can be, I guess? You well, know? that was a spring game. we got to, we got to let it carry over to game one and then throughout yeah. the season. We, we certainly have some talent at that position. Um, there's some proven guys, and there's some guys that have to prove themselves. So um, ultimately, you want to take advantage of what skill set you have. We have a good skill set on that side of the wall. Will Stein comes in, coordinator. Yeah. 27? No, he's older than that. 24? I don't know. You know, isn't that age discrimination if I ask that question I don't know. in the interview process? No, maybe not. But he's 33, I okay, think. Okay, so young guys. You got, you're a bunch of young guys. Yeah, but you may have come across like he's 17 or something. What is he? <laughs> he just, he just got his license. Yeah, come on, man. Can he drive to practice? He can drive. I'm sure <laughs> so, he's got a retirement plan. He's got all that stuff that adults have. What you see in him? And did you know that there was a chance you were getting Bo back when you got Will? Or what was the timing of that? Did, was, yeah, you was, know, we'd already had some discussions. Bo, Bo was still working through that process um, for sure. But, um, yeah, we we knew that there was an opportunity to get Bo back. We did not know that we would have Bo back. So how much more comfortable are you? I guess that's a dumb question. Like, because you've got your star quarterback back. You've got a new coordinator. Mm -hmm. That's a marriage you want to make. That's right. Yeah. I mean, uh, Bo was part of that process with us um, as we talked through, you know, what we were planning on doing. And um, I think the guy that really won out is Will. He's pretty excited to get to coach Bo. Yeah. He get a great opportunity, great offense. Um, defensively, uh, I'm excited to see um, guy your guys up front. Yeah. I want to see how dis disruptive those guys can be. Your secondary. I'm, I, I think I'm – I'm normally an offensive-minded person, okay. but I'm in, more interested in your defense because I kind of assume that you're going to score 40 a game with Bo back there. Yeah. Is that a bad, bad leap for me to make? I'm not big on assumptions, yeah. but I'm all for it. Yeah. I hope you're right. I just feel, I feel like uh, the questions aren't there on the offensive side, like okay. maybe on the defense. Do you take that personally as a defensive guy? Uh, that I say, hey, the questions are on the defense? No, I don't take much personally yeah. anymore. Okay. All right, so... Am I right to be going, uh, you know, early on I really want to watch that, that defensive front. I want to see if they can be disruptive. I like that thought. Okay. Let's do that. All right. We'll go. Do you, can you get that out of practices right away, or is it hard until you see a game? Yeah, I don't know if you ever really know exactly what you have until you get out there in, in a game. But you can certainly measure, you know, some success. But, you know, sometimes you don't, you don't truly know uh, strengths and weaknesses until you're in a game. I think uh, every good movie – 
has a really compelling setback early. Mm-hmm. Rocky gets adversity. gets beat up. You got to yeah. have some adversity. I I looked last year. Utah had that season where they didn't look like they were going to win it, and then right. they found a way. It was kind of like Rocky. Mm-hmm. You guys played, I thought, great through about week maybe seven or eight, and then Bo's injury happens and you're a different team. How frustrating was that for you to kind of go, I, you saw what you could be. Yeah. And then you, at the end of the year when you needed it, you didn't quite have it. Well, what I tell you is it, going back and look at those games, what's more frustrating is knowing that you could have won those games. Right? We are in tight ball games, and a, a mistake here, a call here, um, you know, an error, th- those things still led to the loss. There's a lot of things that add up. So for us, it's it's figuring out how to limit those 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 marginal things you got to get back to vegas caleb williams said something because last year i thought you were going to get to vegas i thought you were going to play usc Mm -hmm. and i told caleb williams i said hey that was the game i really wanted to see steven did you find the caleb williams cut okay i want you to listen to what caleb williams said when i talked about this all right uh this year uh you you get to play oregon you didn't get Mm -hmm. to play oregon i know the duck fans wanted they wanted to see you i wanted to see him too you did too it's mutual yeah, the feeling's mutual. Okay. Yeah. All right, that's going to be a big game. Yeah. He wanted to see you guys. Well, that's nice of him. <laughs> you, you put it on the – does that go on the bulletin board somewhere? Or? <laughs> I, I feel like we got to get some new bulletin boards. Like, you're giving me all this material we need to throw up. Um, I'm glad he wants to see us. We're excited about the game. It was more the look on his face, too. Oh, what did it he say? He leaned back in his chair. He kind of did, Okay. you know, nod his head. Yeah. Like, you know, he was eager to see you guys. Awesome. So, you know, but that it's going to be fun to see those games. We that, got some great games lined up. That's at your year. place. Yeah. That's a sellout. Colorado will be a sellout. Yeah. Washington State will be a sellout, Rob Mullen said, and so will the Oregon State Civil War game. You're going to sell out. Awesome. Awesome. It's getting sold out. That's good. So the the fans that were bellyaching about, hey, they only won 10, but they must want to see more. I like that. So that's where we're at. All right. Dan Lanning, thank you. How different was this interview? Let's critique it. You it was good. No, it was good. Uh, High point, low point? No repeaters. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. When were you having the most fun during this interview? Uh, that's a good question. You know, probably probably just talking about uh, family vacay for me. I, always, mm-hmm. I enjoy that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have a hard time unplugging. That's why I asked you that. It was more of a selfish question because I was concerned. So you didn't do one. You didn't do a family No, vacation. we do. Well, we, so talk to me about that. We went quick. to. Do we the, have time? Yeah, we went to. We got a minute. Okay, they're right, telling me minute. I got a minute. Give me uh, one minute. We vacation. went to New York City. Okay. And we're like. For me. We're on the. Um, yeah. We're on the Empire State Building doing the tourist thing, and I'm on my phone, you know, finishing up a column. We're at the Statue of Liberty, and I'm making a correction that was in another. You know. You didn't check out. I'm, I did, but I didn't. But you gotta check out, bro. I know. See, that's why I asked you. Next year, I want I want a better uh, summer vacation from you. Okay, <laughs> thank you. All Appreciate right. that, Dan Lanning, Oregon football coach, with life advice. Leave Thanks, it here. Joe. University of Oregon athletic director Rob Mullins here, stepping in on Pac-12 Media Day. Uh, he uh, will talk along with Bill Hancock. Uh, the college football playoff uh, is expanding, and uh, Rob, you have been on that committee, and you've been the chair of that committee. Um, What's it, what's expansion going to mean for the for the landscape? Well, I think it's going to leave more teams in the conversation longer. What you know, one of the unintended consequences, I think, is you know everybody wanted a playoff, and when we went to a playoff, 
you'd be in week two or three, John, and that's all anybody we're focused on. If you lost an early game, it's like, oh, so that suddenly you're out of the conversation, and you could be one of the top four teams or certainly one of the top ten teams. But now when we go from four to 12, I think it'll keep more teams in that conversation longer. The the way that you'll schedule, do you have a sense yet? Or I see like Alabama and some other schools are starting to schedule a little tougher, but I don't know. What is that? What does that mean? Yeah, uh, you know, we've stuck to our formula that's that's worked for us. Um, so I, I guess to be determined. Um, obviously, you, if you win your league in in, in the Pac-12 or Pac-10, uh, then you're automatically in. So it does buy you some more flexibility. Um, but you know, w- with our coaches and Dan is certainly in this boat. You know, you know they want to play those big games uh, for recruiting for student athlete experience for visibility cuz you know I mean, you've seen the numbers when we play at Ohio State or play at Georgia uh the, the, it's incredible i was talking to Gary Stoken uh from the Peach Bowl who hosted that game last year and even though um you know the game you know was a big lead at halftime it still had huge numbers in the second mm-hmm. half do you are those games tough to put together or how does a game like that come together yeah it, they can be for sure you know Gary had been on us for a lot of years one in Oregon you know, because they have such a great relationship with their sponsors down there at the Peach Bowl and in Atlanta, and obviously playing in a brand new NFL venue is attractive. But the travel is difficult, so uh, they can be uh, hard to put together. I'd love to have those in the Western footprint for sure. Um, but when you look at what Dallas does and what Atlanta does, they're just different in, in the kind of resources they bring, the kind of environment they, that they create, and it's a great experience. Rob Mullins with us, University of Oregon's athletic director. Um, Dan Lanning, uh, year one, he wins 10 games. Some of your fans are up in arms because they've forgotten that 10 wins is a good thing. Um, how do you deal? How do you manage expectations, sell season tickets, uh, evaluate a coach critically, you know, at the end of year one? What's that balance like for you? Yeah, I mean, you take all of that into effect, right? Because, uh, you know, as as we see in the NSA model, uh, resources are a key part of the game because we're allowed to do more and more and more, more official visits, provide more support for student athletes, um, and that's a key piece of it. But, you know, 10 wins in year one after having really only six months to prepare with two new systems um, is really good. Uh, it's great that our expectations are to do more than 10 wins every year, and that's what we want. We embrace those. Uh, but I, I think year one was a success, and I'm extremely excited now that we've had a full year um, you know, to prepare for 2023 to see what's going to produce. You've got a good home schedule. You get, you know, you obviously get the Civil War game or the Oregon State game at home. You got USC coming. Uh, how are season ticket sales for football? Season ticket sales are good. I think we're kind of in the 90% renewal range. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of many, but USC has sold out. Mm-hmm. Um, and now Colorado is tracking because it's going to be, Colorado's new coach's first Pac-12 game. <laughs> like, hey, don't say his name. We don't, we don't talk about him because he didn't show up at media day. <laughs> but so that one's tracking. Yeah. Actually, actually, Washington State is tracking close really? to a sellout. So we've got one in the books, one getting or two getting in fairly close. So season tickets have kind of remained steady at that 90% mark. Um, but, again, we've seen the many plans in the single game. So, um, you know, really. And now what we're building around the Hawaii weekend with – you know, Cuthbert having a, a Common Kings concert and the Diamond League gold meet um, at Hayward. That's going to be a huge weekend. So uh, we think we can sell out four when you add Oregon State mm-hmm. in, and then you start looking at Hawaii as that fifth. You know, that's a pretty good year. Does can you predict if you have a you know stronger non-conference schedule that you 
that that equates to more season tickets or what what are what are the what's the calculus there? It's, you... uh, what we've seen over the years it's kind of changed, John. So it probably drives some season tickets. Yeah. But what we've seen is um, families are less likely to commit to seven Saturdays. But there's a little bit of FOMO when you have a big event, mm-hmm. um, and so people are willing to pay a premium for a big event, but less likely to commit to seven Saturdays. So that's kind of that's why you know when we talk to our uh, outbound ticket sales group, they just try to create the sandwich a little differently. We all used to push for trying to sell out in season tickets. Now you got to work together. Many plan you got to you got to have a, a yeah. longer menu. The uh, we've talked about non-conference scheduling before. It's getting more difficult, isn't yes, it, to buy it, games and it is, yeah. and you start to see things like Ohio State canceling a series with Washington. So yeah. if the Big Ten goes away from you know playing fewer fewer Power Fives, that makes it tough. You know, fortunately, unless somebody buys out of a deal, we're pretty set. You know, we've got Texas Tech here in the next mm-hmm. couple of years. Then we have Oklahoma State. Then we have Baylor. Uh, we've got Michigan State in the future, Ohio State in the future. So we're kind of out for eight, ten years, um, and hopefully we can hold on to those. Now, you went through um, Helfrich to Taggart to Cristobal to Lanning. What that feel like for you? Because fans <laughs> got a little whiplash in there yeah, and I, had some fun, but, you know, it was. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, we were successful in all those. Um, I had a little whiplash, too. Um, and, and, and I get why the fans had whiplash because we were a program built on continuity when you look at the succession plans. Yeah. Um, and it had been successful. And our community uh, has very high expectations for win-loss, but they also really care about the connection, the involvement in the community. And when you have that kind of turnover, it's hard for people to lay down roots. So um, I'm confident that Dan's going to be with us for a long time. You and I have talked um, off-air about uh, realignment expansion, the media rights deal. Just want to get Oregon's viewpoint. You know, you've got a new president. Yes. But what's Oregon's motivation as it pertains to membership in the Pac-12? Well, obviously the Pac-12 has been Pac-10, Pac-8, Pacific Coast Conference. Pac-12 has been um, great for the University of Oregon. Uh, We appreciate the alliances and the partnerships that we have uh, with all the West Coast and Mountain schools, and it's extremely important to us. So we've been working really hard uh, to make sure that we can get to a deal that allows us to remain competitive and remain competitive in a changing landscape because we're allowed to do a lot more now. And those resources do matter. That media deal does matter, not only from the direct revenue from the media, but the exposure. Um, and so, and, and, you know, we're very proud that we can drive a lot of that. When you look at the metrics, particularly over the last 10, 12 years uh, of the ratings, of the interest, of the social media following, um, so uh, we, we've been working hard uh, to make sure that we're good partners and doing everything that we can to get that deal across the finish line. I, I keep saying what matters to Oregon is getting access to the playoff, but don't let me speak for you. Is that oversimplification? Uh, no, no. I mean, that's extremely important. Again, as we talked about when yeah. the playoff started, you know, that, that I mean, that's it's become the focus of college football. Yeah. Um, and there's, you know, there's a lot of unintended consequences in that, but I mean, that is a huge piece. Um, and when you have the investment that we have in the sport, uh, then absolutely, uh, that is a big piece of it. And, uh, mainly maintaining some of these traditional rivalries, playing games where your fans can, can get to, uh, is important as well. Rob Mullins, Oregon AD. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you being here. Oh, you got you got the uh, mini golf down. Yeah, mini golf. I got it, and uh, we got some foosball over there. Whatever you need. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Sean. B F F T. 
Now, built by high caliber millwrights, live from Resorts World Las Vegas, site of Pac-12 Media Day, here's John Canzano with the ball, ball face true. true. Oregon quarterback Bo Nix on the show. Uh, Bo, we talked about Chick-fil-A. I think it was last, was it last year? Feels like a long time ago. Uh, it was like... Like a year ago. Maybe? It was after the season. After Sometimes. the season? Yeah, I lost track of time. I don't know. I can't remember. Um, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. I'm, uh, I, I've been doing a lot of interviews. You've been doing a lot of interviews. This interview is not going to be like the other interviews because I can't do it anymore. Okay. I can't just talk about, you know, what are you doing in 12 formation or whatever. Yeah. We're gonna, let's talk about um, this summer, mm-hmm. getaway time. Did you get away? Did you go with family, your yeah, wife? A little bit. We went to uh, we went to Hawaii. Me and Izzy uh, got away a little bit. Uh, we're on the West Coast, so we thought yeah. it would be best best time to go out there in case we um, went back East Coast. It's a long flight from the East Coast, so yeah. we went ahead and went while we were out here and had a blast. Where'd you go? Uh, we went to Maui. Okay, and it was great. It was uh, one of the more fun vacations I've been on. Um, the place was great vacation spot yeah ideal did you uh when you go on a vacation like that do you want do you have to go zip lining and go to the luau or do you just like to sit i like to sit but while i'm there i might as well do a little bit of it i yeah. can't just sit the whole time yeah you get sunburned get <laughs> right so uh so yeah we did the whole uh the excursions well we did plenty of sitting don't get me yeah. wrong um but at the end of the day we did a little bit of what hawaii had to offer you guys you kind you decided to come back huge uh, bit of enthusiasm for the Oregon fans. Uh, what drove that decision for you? Well, at the end of the day, you know, last year didn't end how I wanted it to, and I want a chance to, uh, you know, win something before I get out of college. Yeah. The At the end of the year, it literally looked like they were sitting you on a stool behind center and just having you throw passes. Cause you're, That's what it felt like. Yeah, you were – I mean, the mobility was an issue, mm-hmm. but – that was. What did you learn from that experience? Do you learn anything from that? I learned that I can make any throw from the pocket. I just got to go out there and, um, you know, now that it's in the in the bank, you know, it's you got to figure out when to use it and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And at the same time, you're mobile. That's one of your strengths. So when do you use that? And so I just got there with feel and, you know, whatever I yeah. feel, I, I, I let loose and I go with it. I saw you and Cam Rising have that moment after that Utah game where you guys kind of found each other mm-hmm. on the field and. He told me that you guys had never really. No, we had never met. Before. You'd never even met. No, but that's what that's why I did it because you know yeah. I never met him and heard a lot of great things about him. Watched his game. He's a tough guy. I mean, yeah. he's won back-to-back Pac-12 championships, and um, you know I just wanted to meet him, shake his hand. I got a lot of respect for what he did that game because he was hurt too. Yeah, not enough people talk about it, and um, you know he just. He's a warrior. I like how he plays. Um, competitive guy, tough guy. Uh, got a lot of respect for him. Yeah, he walks around here. He's got two championships, and he's you wouldn't know it. Like no, no doubt, that's just that's who he awesome. is. Two championships yeah. back to back. Cam Ward said, "I'd be wearing those rings." He, you know, kind of he called him the goat, and and uh, Cam Rising almost blushed. You know, it was like he's just that's who he mm-hmm. is. Yeah, leadership. Do you learn leadership, or are you born with leadership? What do you think? Uh, I think both. I think you're. You're born to kind of stand out, but then you learn as you go how to lead. Um, I think some people are born with the natural tendency to kind of like do their own thing and like reach for the stars and go out and get something and pull guys with them and all that kind of stuff. I yeah. think that's natural, but you can also learn it as you go. 
Um, and nobody has it all figured out because yeah. not everybody's a perfect leader because, you know, each person is um, led in different ways and you gotta got to meet them where they are and figure that out. Bo Nix with us, Oregon quarterback. Uh, you know, I, again, NIL. I've been talking about it with some different guys. It's the the good thing about NIL is it's keeping guys like you in college, I think, for, for the rest of us. it's We're getting to see you, Michael Penix Jr., Cam Rising another year. I don't think all three of you would be back if there was wasn't NIL. How big of a factor in your decision does that, or how does that change your decision or well, shape it? You know, it's another factor. Um, you put it in there as another factor. Um, but if the time's right to go to the league, then majority of the guys go to the league, mm-hmm. um, and they don't want to pass up that opportunity. But there's also another chance now with college. Um, you come back. And you're in a great situation. College guys are, are blessed right now. Um, and you get to play more football and gain more experience. Love that. Uh, offensively, spring game, your receivers look fantastic. Yeah. They like, did, scary they? good. Like, how does that feel to have that group? Oh, as a quarterback, it's, uh, you know, the, the biggest blessing. Um, and we didn't even have tight ends in consideration. So, once you get those guys and the running backs going, uh, we've got some really good skill position players excited to use those guys um you know they're all excited for their role uh we got some guys that are gonna um you know have even bigger roles and guys that are gonna have similar roles um you know i'm excited to see those guys grow and develop into those i think that's one of my favorite parts about college is seeing guys fit in their roles seeing guys figuring things out and uh, starting to play really good football let's go back to you as a freshman at auburn what do you know now that you you would tell that kid hmm that's a great question. Uh, you know, honestly, I think I'd go back and tell them that you don't have to single-handedly win games on your own. Um, you know, if it's not there for whatever reason, if things are covered, throw it away, punt. Yeah. If that means you lose, you lose. But yeah. at least you don't just completely destroy your, um, you know, resume and narrative. But at the same time, uh, myself at freshman would have listened because I would have refused to lose. And so yeah. – um, that's my greatest gift and greatest curse, I think, is um, you know, refusal to lose, wanting to do everything to win. And at times, it may have looked like that was the reason we lost. Um, and you know, I was, at the end of the day, you gotta be okay with that. Yeah. You, if you're gonna be the reason win, reason loss, I mean, it's the quarterback position, it's part of it. Um, but at the same time, you know, I was just competitive. Um, you know, I was an Auburn guy through and through. I didn't want to see Auburn lose. Yeah. I think too when you uh, when you're at that age you get some wisdom, you know you've had some life you've lived a little you've exactly. struggled you've succeeded you look back and go hey it wasn't maybe it wasn't as big as it felt at the time no doubt that's a good you way know? to put it yep you know nothing's ever as bad or as good as you think it is that's Amen I always that. say that to, I always say that on the show Amen to that you don't become a bad quarterback overnight you don't become a great quarterback overnight the uh, Dan Lanning how is he different as a year two head coach. Well, you know, he's uh, he's not playing any games. He um, is really devoted to this thing. He has yeah. really, um, you know, put everything into it. Um, and, you know, you can see that from afar. Uh, last year he was um, – first year he was so, um, you know, into, um, you know, like getting the team together, working, getting everything, getting after it. But this year he's taking it to a whole nother level. Um, and I think that that's going to be – um, an important part of our success um, is just to have a head coach like that that kind of demands it out of us. Yeah. Um, you know, that's his job. He would tell you he's not supposed to be your best friend. Um, he's supposed to be your coach, and sometimes that's bringing the tough part out of it. I had a sor- source that told me that the plane ride here was a bit of an adventure for you guys. 
get on the plane. They tell you, hey, the engines aren't communicating. You get off the plane. Then they reboot it like you're starting up your, uh, you know, your computer. And uh, you get back on the plane. Were you, were you, are you a nervous flyer? You hear something like that? Do you go, eh? Or? No. I mean, if it happens, it happens. i got to have faith that yeah. it's not going to happen. Right. And, you know, i got to think that those guys are professionals, too. And if they're taking the plane up in the air, then feel better about it. feel good. Yeah. I and mean, they're a part of the ride, too. It's not like they're <laughs> remote controlling this thing. Right. Um, they're up there in the air. So if they feel confident, I feel confident. I've never really gotten, um, you know, plane anxiety I enjoy it. I think it's relaxing, and um, you know what? I um, the source would be correct. Where'd you hear that from? Uh, I got people. Yeah, you got. I got some people. Yeah, in the program. Inside source. Yeah, huh? uh, yeah. It was an eventful trip, uh, but we were just practicing adversary, adverse situations. There, yeah. we wanted to see how people would respond. You know, if we got into a situation, maybe in yeah. the future, to where things didn't go right. You know, um, I mean, we you got to practice all those muscles. Like you yeah. got to practice that kind of situation too. Yeah, I like that. Bo Nix is with us. All right, before I cut you loose, um, th- we see you guys, like Michael Penix Jr. standing not far away and Cam Ward and Cam Rising. You know, we watch you guys kind of on the field, but how you, you said you just met Rising last year. You hadn't even met him. Mm-hmm. How much time do you guys spend talking now that you know each other? Or do you stay in touch? Or uh, I mean, every once hard? when you say it's, yeah. it's just hard, and yeah. you got your daily circle, and you got your lives, and, um, you know, I mean – I'm sure if one of us reached out to the other, you get an immediate response. But, um, you know, at the same time, we're still competitors, so we don't want to become best friends because then it would be mm-hmm. hard to beat the other. Um, but, um, you know, there's great resources. Um, you know, they're exciting to, to play against. Um, but you got great respect for them. Um, like Michael Penix, you know, we were um, at a Tennessee camp back in 2016 together, uh, just yeah. camping. Like, yeah. Just going and, oh, hey, I'm Bo. What's up? I'm Michael. And then. Next thing you know, you're rivals. Yeah. And then you're fighting right. against each other after yeah. you went to separate schools. Yeah. You're both at so, different schools. Exactly. Yeah. And then um, you transfer and you end up playing against each other. So it's a small world and crazy how life does that. Yeah. You're on a journey, man. I appreciate you stopping by and giving us some of your time. Um, before I let you go, um, last season you said it didn't end how you wanted it to end. Do you get kind of that unfinished business feeling from other guys or is it just you or as a team do you talk about that stuff yeah we talk about it as a team and you know um we all want to win a championship and there's plenty of guys around that locker room who have been so close who yeah. haven't yet uh the hunger is there and the drive's there so now we just got to put it all together um you you guys are picked fourth Oregon is not usually picked fourth it's usually first or second what are people looking at or do you even care when people go, oh, they meh. I don't Do know. Do you put it on your shoulder? No? No. I mean, it's just a prediction. Yeah. Um, I think know. it's you and USC in the title game. Yeah. I, I do. Well, now with the, you know, what's crazy about the Pac-12 is probably, as the schedule permits, the Pac-12 championship game is probably going to be played in the regular season, too. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a rematch, um, maybe, of teams. And that's unique. Yeah. Uh, hard to beat a team twice or, you know, hard to play a team twice. Um, so that that's what's unique about it. And I mean, whatever. We still got to go out there and play. Yeah. I could come out here and predict something, too, and that may not happen. So yeah. I, I think that's the joy of football, and that's why you go out there and, um, you know, put it on the line and play against each other, see what happens. Caleb Williams, uh, I said that, you know, Oregon fans really wanted to see you, you guys in USC last year in the title game. He said he wanted to see it, too, and he's looking forward to it this year. 
I thought that was interesting. That is interesting. I'm that, surprised you said that. he that. would say that. Yeah. yeah. But I, I don't. You don't strike me as the kind of person that would say that. Like, well, you know, in what? In what, what I don't want to give him. Why say it? There's no upside in. Oh yeah. You well, know, I've gotten I've gotten guy in interviews before and said some stuff that like I got in trouble for. Right. So, I mean, <laughs> everybody. What's the worst thing? Like you got? Oh, there's there's so much because of it, like calling out officials and all this yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. But that's I mean part of it. It's dumb on my part. Won't do it again. But yeah. I, gotta, I go back though. How old are you now? I'm 23, and I was probably 20 when I was talking about it. Yeah, 21. come on. Uh, I was saying talking to older guys who are just trying to fish for a story. Yeah, sometimes I uh, I remember being 20. I would have said worse <laughs> than whatever you said. No, you live and you learn. I've gotten pl- plenty of calls to yeah. the uh, head coach's office. <laughs> right. Saying, hey, why would you say that? Because I meant it. Like, yeah. sorry. Yeah, I didn't know. And, I w- yeah. Yeah, it gets it gets just gets the. Gets the juices flowing, you I know. Am. It's sometimes, sometimes good. I haven't said anything yeah. detrimental. That's yeah. like the worst thing ever. But I, I yeah, want to surprise you. I'm surprised you said that. Bo Nix, thank you, man. Thank Thanks you. for stopping I by. Appreciate it. A lot. Good to see thank you. you. Thanks yes. for your time. The Bald Face Truth with John Canzano, live from Pac-12 Media Day in Las Vegas. Washington quarterback Michael Penix Jr. has stepped into the uh, Pac-12 Media Day studio. He is dealing with a family issue right now, mm-hmm. and I look. I grew up with four siblings. I understand what you're doing. He was just on the phone with his brother who's having a car problem, the best I can understand it. What is going on with the brother's car? He's trying to figure out. So I gave him one of my cars. Yeah. Uh, but, so he's trying to figure out what, what a light, uh, one of the um. Oh, the light the came on? came on, yeah. So I'm trying to help him. Look at you. I like that. Younger brother? Yeah. That's how it works. Right. That, that's part of it. How are you doing? I'm good. How about you? I'm good. I'm, it's hot outside. I've done a million interviews, probably like you have done as part of Media Day. And uh, I want to do a different kind of interview. I just want to get to know you a little bit, have our listeners get to know you in the state of Oregon. And you can see all the, all the interviews I've talked with. All, you know, it's very interesting to see the different styles and get to know people. But yeah. um, you, this summer, what did you do? Did you get away, something away from football? Uh, I just picked up the golf club. So I've been, I started golfing. Uh, trying to get better at that, and uh, I've been out on the lake fishing as well too. Good. Uh, what are you better at, fishing or golfing, right now? Fishing right now. That's what I've been doing all my life. So. Really? Okay. So this has come up with uh, two different players. Tell me about Travis Hunter's a big fisherman. He's got a boat now. He just bought a boat, and so he's been fishing. But what do you fish for? Where'd you grow up fishing? Yeah, um, I, I fish for everything. We go fishing out. Uh, Deep sea fishing sometimes. I get out in the water um, in Florida, but I fish for grouper, snapper, yeah, uh, a lot of tropical fish. You know that you yeah. don't really see on the west side. So. Yeah. Do Do you like getting back home to go fishing back where you're from? Yeah, for sure. Because you know it there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different water. In I'm the... just not learning the fishing. In yeah, it's Washington. it's harder. I think it's harder. And then there's a lot of river fishing and stuff, and lake fishing, yeah. and it's different. When you get into that, the, the people who grow up in Florida, by the way, your mom drove across the country to the bowl game or drove to the bowl game. Yeah. And what a what a circus that was with the airline tickets and everything. Yeah, it was crazy. It's crazy. She loves you. Your parents yeah, yeah. love you, man. You know. Yeah, they've they always been there to support me yeah. no matter what. So. All right. Growing up in your family, you were dealing with uh, helping your brother out. Um What's the family dynamic? How many kids in the Penix family? Yeah, so um, we have both parents, and uh, yeah. I got two younger brothers. Okay. I'm the oldest, one 18 and one 13. Wow. What is that like for you? Probably your biggest fans. Yeah, yeah. those are the guys. They're who I do it for. Yeah. yeah. 
I do it for? Tell me about the 13 year old. What's he like? Big. Is he a big kid? <laughs> yeah, he's almost six foot tall at 13 years old. Really? What does he What does he play? What's he into? He's at D line right now. Okay. Yeah, he's probably a defensive end. Okay. It's all said and done. All right, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, but you've been through it now, and your parents have been through it too. With the, you know all the recruiting and stuff like that, you can help them a little bit. It's yeah, a, it's a big for advantage. Sure. For sure. Uh, what made you come back? What aside from, you know, NIL and all that? But was there was that just it, or do you come back because there's something unfinished? It was no. It wasn't even about NIL at all. You really, know, it was just unfinished business. You know, we had goals uh, to win Pac-12 championship, and we didn't even get get there. So um, that was one of the reasons, and also just being in the system for another year with the, this group of guys is going to be special. The uh, I thought you guys were playing the best football at the end of last season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you had to feel that way too. You, toward, you know the Oregon game, the Apple Cup. Yeah, you guys were just playing so well. It did. How much did it hurt to not get to Vegas to get a shot? Yeah, it hurt a lot, but um, we left it in somebody else's hands, and, and we can't do that. You know, we yeah. got to win. We got to win all our games so that uh, it, it's a no question for us. So. Um, we we still gonna remember and we still got that chip on our shoulder. Yeah, Michael Penix Jr. is with us, Washington quarterback. Uh, the comfort that you have with Kalen DeBoer, how valuable is that when it comes to your success? Um, you know, it, it's very valuable. He he's mainly the reason why I came all the way out to Washington. And um, you know, as far as my success, you know, he's he's the one that that created the offense that we have. But you know, he allows Coach Ryan Grubb to call it. You know, he's been with Coach Grubb. For uh, 12 plus years now, yeah. and um, so so they've been together. So um, it, it, they just make me feel so comfortable back there. And you know, I know every time I, I take a snap, uh, I, I have opportunity to, to do something great. Your uh, tattoo on your right bicep, Interstate 75. Yeah, that a nod to home. Yeah, I 75. Stayed yeah. off I 75. Yeah. Did uh, any other tattoos? What? Tell me the meaning of what. What do you have going there? Yeah, I got Tampa Bay Tech. That's my high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I got some palm trees to show Florida. Yeah. I got an outline of the uh, the the state of Florida. I got a street that this isn't a street I grew up on, but yeah. this is a street where State Street. Yeah, State Street is a street that basically made me into the to the athlete I am today. You know, yeah. that's where we played football on the road, yeah. basketball. We did all the sports on State Street. Yeah. Um, this one's for my friends. I got my mom's name. Yeah. I got my favorite verse, Jeremiah uh, 2911. Um, and, yeah, that's about it. I got some stuff on my chest and uh, my stomach, too. It's interesting. When did, what was your first tattoo? Uh, probably the ones on the back of my arm, my initials. Yeah. yeah. I was about 17. Yeah. Was that too young to get a tattoo? or do you? Nah, it, it wasn't too young. I know people that got, yeah. got it when they were 13. Yeah. But I see sometimes I'll see, like, an older guy who have, like, a tattoo of, like, a cartoon character, and I'll think, you probably should have thought that through. Yeah. Like, you, when you're 80, that's not going to hold up. But this stuff has meaning to you. Yeah, like, it's all meaning. It's all meaning to you. State Street. Tell me about the games on State Street. How competitive were they? Oh, my gosh, man. I was always the youngest guy growing up on State Street. Yeah. Um, and it was just all my older cousins and my older friends. You know, we always yeah. used to play football on the road. And, man, I got marks on my on my body <laughs> still from those games, yeah. you know. But uh, it was it was a basketball every once in a uh, yeah. every once in a while, manhunt, which is like basically it's a big hide and go seek. Uh-huh. Um, manhunt was the name of that you guys what yeah, you guys called man it. Hunt, yeah. <laughs> and how did you t- did you have to tag each other or did you yeah, have to? Yeah, you got to tag them. You have to actually tag them or yeah. you have to hit them nah, with something. You got to tag them. Okay. 
And then uh, when you played football, did how did you get a first down in your game? So it was it was throw the ball back, and we played light pole to light pole. Okay. So it was like light pole to light pole. Do you have it's four touchdowns? downs? It's no first down. No first it, down. It, it's everybody for themselves. Yeah. So everybody I love for that. Self. I and love I that. I would say the most people that was ever on the road at the same time was maybe like around 10 people. Yeah. You got to think about a road. Yeah. You got 10 people. It's going to be hard for you to score. Yeah. So, uh, um, it, it basically just it basically made us very athletic because yeah. you got to avoid ten people in this small radius. Yeah, and like, you can deal with eleven on a yeah, on a football field right. if you can yeah, deal with that. For sure, I love that. That's that's great. Hey, thank you for stopping by. Of course. I I hope this interview was different than your other interviews. Your brother did he figure out the light issue with the car? Yeah, I'm about. I'm gonna call him back and see. Call him and make yeah. sure he's stressing out because you know in his world. He does not want to mess your car up. Yeah. That's what he's thinking is like, yeah, I don't want to. He got it now, though. It's his. So he's going to mess it up soon. <laughs> I know. All right. Michael Penix Jr., thank you. Good All stuff. Right, appreciate appreciate you. The Bald Face Truth with John Canzano, live from Pac-12 Media Day in Las Vegas. My goal as part of Pac-12 Media Day is to do a different interview than, uh, than any other radio station. Jonathan Smith has stepped in. He's all suited up. I'm not yes. used to seeing you this way. <laughs> yeah, man, seriously. do you look fancy. I'm just glad we're inside, man. They told us we're going to have to wear a sport coat, and it's 110 degrees outside. <laughs> I couldn't live in this. Oh, it's hot, man. It, it's it 715 hot. this morning. It was 93 degrees. Yeah, we had to take a little group team you know, photo out there and you know, yeah. getting everyone lined up. It took like 10, 15 minutes. I started sweating. Yeah. It was outside. That's the only thing. My understanding is the only thing we're going to do outside. Okay. Uh, look, uh, big football season. Obviously, we'll talk football. But tell me what you've been doing this summer. Any vacations, family yep. stuff? Yep. What have you been doing? Got a, We did a lot of baseball in June. Obviously, the recruiting thing. But most, you know, most of them were playing baseball, softball. So did that. And then July, got a little time with the family on the on the lake. You know, and there's just nothing better when you get the five yeah. of us on the boat and just. Spending time and jumping in the water, so been doing a little of that, and now it's time to get cranked up. Where do you go in the lake? Give me a give me a summer vacation spot. Is it like a secret spot, or you go? Oh <laughs> no, we go. It's not a secret because there's a bunch of us up there. Lake, yeah. lake Coeur d'Alene is where it goes. Okay, so shoot, Dennis Erickson up there with Mike Price and Wilcox. I shouldn't name all these names, but. Yeah, there's a bunch of football coaches that end up that way. And uh, have you always been a boat guy? Cause no, no. Well, not growing up, but once I, you know, I've been living in the Northwest, and we ended. I worked at Idaho in Moscow, mm-hmm. and we got up to Coeur d'Alene a couple of times, and now we've tried to get each summer kind of back up there. But uh, it's grown on me, and now I am a boat guy. All right, you are a boat guy. I I am also a boat guy. Oh yeah. And every time I take the boat out, is about a two hundred dollar lesson that I learn <laughs> each time. Damn. I lose a tube, I lose a propeller, I lose... Well, even just gas now. Gas is expensive (laughs) on the lake when you got to fill up, but it's worth it. Uh, Your uh, kid's playing baseball. Are you... How are you as a parent? Watching a game, um, I enjoy watching the game. Pretty, I feel like standoffish. I'm not there yeah. to tell the ump or him or the coach or anybody. I enjoy. I'm. A, I've been, I grew up a baseball fan. Yeah. So, and not just my oldest. All three of them are playing softball. My daughter played softball the first time. And oh, that's cool. That was fun. And meeting other parents. I said, that's that's cool stuff. Your uh, one of your QBs, DJ. Uyunglele gets yeah. drafted by the hated Dodgers. I'm sorry. I was really I was sorry fired to up. see I was that. Excited. <laughs> I was. He texted me right after, uh, you know, talking just more or less. Yeah. He's, he's looking forward to this football season. But, 
You didn't know I was such a Dodger fan and been picked picked by those guys. I thought it was pretty cool. That might get you some. You might get to get on the field, yeah, get some access. access. Yes, you know, like, batting practice for a game or something. How has he looked? Uh, what? Let's go look back at his spring and everything. Yep. Your expectations of him? Yep. Uh, like really liked where the, pro- the progression's taking place. Starting in January, when we first got here, dove into it. I mean, this is a whole new offense. Terminology's new, all of that, and so he's really worked hard at it. What got into spring ball? Knew there's going to be some learning curve, not just about the terminology but the technique playing under the center's new forum so there's a lot of detail that goes into that one to practice 15 really made huge strides i think he got more and more comfortable uh working this summer with our guys throwing the ball around and he's not alone i mean we've got other quarterbacks working and receivers and all that but i do think that um he's primed and ready to have a good fall camp you don't bring a qb to media day and i get it like maybe you don't know who's going to start right mm-hmm. so you don't want to put a guy out there but Two, three years from now, you may have a guy, right? Yep. Your young guy, Aiden Childs, if he stays in the program, blossoms as everybody expects him to. Would you Would you then break your rule? Is it a rule that you don't bring a QB? No, no. We, we bring two guys that we feel like really represent our place really well, been here established as players and starters, good players, but also in the locker room and leadership. And, you know, DJ's just a little new um, I just thought Anthony Gould and Katana Aladapo represent us in an awesome way uh, and good players, and that's why those those two areas. Gulbertson had a good finish, yeah. really good. He had a good year. He did. And I went back and I listened to last year's Media Day. You brought him up last year at Media Day. You said, hey, we got Gulbertson. He's coming off an injury. I really like him. So you weren't just blowing smoke. And I'd say it the same way. We do like Ben, and we do like Aiden, and we do like DJ. I think that room talent-wise and experience-wise is as good as we've had in a long time. Um, but we do. We're going to let these guys play for a couple of weeks in August, work this thing out. And that's really been what we do each year. Um, and I think it's it's played out well. Kyle Whittingham and I were talking about you. And he <laughs> said he said you are a really good coach. And yeah. he said, uh, this is off air after the interview, he said, you know, we were talking about Oregon State keeping you around, and they've done some things to keep you there. Um, do you? How do you balance your ambition yeah. As a human being, like, you know, you may want to coach in the NFL someday, coach the best right. players in the world, who knows, with this is a really good job where you could build it into what Kyle's done at Utah. Yeah, because i got a bunch of respect for him and what he's done at Utah and established an identity and then recruiting to it, and they got a home field advantage and the fan base that's going. Sounds we, like you, though. Yeah, we know? got a lot of the same, the same things. And so I, I guess the, the answer to the question is just really enjoying where your, your feet are at right now yeah. and, 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 you know, the people and – I think we got a roster that we can compete at a high level, and again, nothing nothing's going to be easy. And so, just staying focused on kind of the the here and now, and and being the type of football coach, father, husband you want to be, and and trying to get better at it each day. You uh, you know, people don't talk about your wife. Let's talk about your wife. Tell me how great she is. Let's give her some airtime here, <laughs> like because yeah. they're you know like we you're a low profile guy, yeah, and you know we. She doesn't get the uh, airtime. Like, tell us something about her. Uh, she's been awesome. I mean, uh, best friends have been. We went with 21 years. July 12th was 21 years together. Big time mom, all about her kids, uh, supportive, understanding of the you know, and being willing to take on this this passion, the the job I got, and there's demands and struggles on, on the family that way of time away and all of that. So, what was your first date? Yeah, we went to Fuddruckers. Yep, I remember. <laughs> That's where you Pas- went. Yeah, Pasadena. You, you went, went big. Yeah, it was big. <laughs> we were, I was down. Uh, what was I was down on uh, Christmas break because I was at Oregon State. She went to school down here in L.A. 
Um, yeah, and then because her older brother and my older brother were good yeah. friends, that's yeah. kind of how we connected. Uh, I see. I and see. I always give her a hard time because yeah. I tried to chase her yeah. for a long time. Yeah. But then uh, I finally started playing quarterback, and she saw me playing on TV, and then she'd give me the time of day. Uh, let's go to uh, books. Yeah. Failure of nerve. Okay. You recommended it to Mitch Canham, your baseball coach. Yeah. What did you learn in that book, or why do you? That, uh, that's that thing a good is, book. It's deep. It is. I describe it as rich. It's not like five hundred pages, but it is. It's a lot to digest. Um, there are some really good things on because there's this balancing from a leader's perspective, this balance of you know empathy for mistakes to be made, but there's ultimately responsibility and balancing these two ideas of you know want to be empathetic with people, but at the same time holding people responsible. You know, it gets into like emotional processes yeah. of your own and the ability to like be close to those that you're working with but at the same time you got to have an emotional process make hard decisions sometimes there was just a lot there i thought mitch would enjoy it i think he's a deep thinker too and did, did um, you know the guy who wrote it like he didn't finish it he died like halfway okay. through right and his wife, wife and his finished friends it. finished yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah. but like the first four or five chapters of that book are just really deep it, it's thick yeah yep i actually got it recommended from our our pastor it was it a year ago and it took me a while to read the thing and yeah. once i I want to go back and look at the highlights and stuff, yeah. but I thought Mitch enjoyed it, and I think he did. Well, I picked it up because you recommended it to him, so there. So oh. Thank you. Okay. Appreciate that. All right, nice. Anthony Gold's coming in. I'm going to oh, nice. interview him. I appreciate you. Yeah, yeah, good seeing you. Thanks Thanks yeah. for being here. The Bald Face Truth with John Canzano, live from Pac-12 Media Day in Las Vegas. Pac-12 Media Day. I am at Resort World. We are in, uh, I guess we call it Radio Row. Kalen DeBoer, the Washington coach, has stepped in here. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm well. I'm uh, I'm glad I'm not outside. No doubt. Have you been outside today? No, not since this morning, and yeah. that was enough. I mean, <laughs> that was even before the sun was hitting us. Yeah. So, yeah. I think you could recruit some kids in Vegas. You just take them to Seattle, yeah. and you go, hey, come on. We got some good ones, and I yeah. wonder if that's how it all happened. You right. know, that was before I even got here. So. Yeah. But, yeah, that's uh, that's certainly the case. It's a it's a heater yeah. out there. I think we talked softball last time I had you on radio. We talked yeah. about your daughter. Is, she's, is she now at Washington? or No, she's going to be a senior. She's a senior. Yeah, is, she got a, did, is she going to Washington? Yeah, yep, she's that's committed right. there. Okay. Yeah, so it's exciting. That's so. going to be cool for you. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty proud of her. And yeah. um, she's... Uh, She's fun to just, uh, I'm super proud to be a dad and, um, you know, proud of everything she's accomplished. It's cool to watch kids grow up. No doubt. You know, you know, you've, you've seen it. I think it changes, uh, you know, uh, when you have kids and you're a coach, I think you, you have a different perspective on, you know, how you're coaching and who you're coaching and yeah. what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, you know, just understanding that, uh, there's parents that are home wondering how their kid's doing on the football field, you yeah. know, and so, um, it, it uh, certainly brings into perspective. And I think as my kids have gotten older, um, even more so, especially when it comes to recruiting, yeah. you know, and just trying to communicate and really work through the process with them. You guys last year, uh, fit, I, I don't know if, I guess it could have gone better. You could have gotten undefeated, but going four wins to 11 wins, doing what you did, playing the way you guys were playing at the end of the year, I don't think anybody would beat you if you get to Vegas, if, you, you know, if you'd had that opportunity. Um, how do you duplicate that? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it, it'll be tough, especially with the league up and down being as strong as it is this year and uh, we just got to take one step at a time um, that's really how we got to where we were at last year is we didn't get ahead of ourselves we focused on us and um, you know just one day after the other uh, even from the beginning of fall camp um, even before that but fall camp just worried about that day that moment and uh, when it got to the season uh, that really kind of that mindset uh, was really imperative uh, to our success um, especially when the tough times hit and we lost two games back to back there 
um, weeks five and six that, uh, you know, um, we had to just get back in the moment and, and trust and believe and, uh, you know, worry about what we can control. You guys, um, despite those losses, played well at the end of the year. How did you pivot out of that when you look back? Well, I think there were some things. We got some guys back, uh, you know, um, got healthier. Uh, we were as healthy as we had ever been the last few weeks of the season. And so uh, that was a big part of it. You know, um, you've had Eddie probably – I, mean, I don't know if you had yeah. him on your show, but, you know, a guy like Eddie was out all season. And then, uh, you know, the defensive backfield got hit pretty good. Um, offensively, we stayed pretty healthy um, for really all seasons for the most part. So um, just, you know, I think that momentum and that continuity, um, learning schemes and being able to grow from week to week uh, on what you installed last week and what you saw, uh, learn from your mistakes uh, with the guys that are out there, um, that all – you know, continued to evolve, and, you know, we ended up in a great place at the end of the year. And I think uh, a lot of enthusiasm, uh, and you mentioned all the good teams. There's a lot of good quarterbacks running around here. Yeah. You've got one, the great one, Michael Penix Jr., and that kid, um, you've been with him. The comfort you have and your coordinator has with him, you can see it on the field. Mm -hmm. uh, how important is that when you talk about continuity of staff, continuity of returning players in today's game? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, when you're probably talking about more of the things that, uh, well, I guess it goes both ways. When things go really well, um, I know that uh, he's not just going to relax uh, too much and, and all of a sudden the next drive is going to be a debacle, you yeah. know. And, and when things aren't going well, um, you don't need to sit there. If he didn't make a right read or, or anything like that, I know he's got a standard that uh, he lives up to. And he's the first one that's going to be, uh, you know, as hard on himself as anyone, you know. So, um, you know, I just – when you're around people long enough and i've been around him uh you you have a trust um that hey you know this is the best way to handle it and i i know that uh it was important um and uh you make you know you just keep moving forward and try to be solution oriented not uh, not focus yeah. on the mistakes but uh learn from them um all right offensively passing game fantastic how do you get the run game better but also stay true to what you want to do yeah, I think at the end of the year, uh, I felt really comfortable with who we were, who we were. Um, it did take a little time getting the run game going. Um, it's a little bit of the old line. It's a little bit of kind of really understanding who we had at running back. And uh, I feel like our our you know at the end of the year, uh, Wayne Talapapa, Cam Davis, uh, really kind of we figured them out and and knew what they did best. Uh, the offensive line kept taking their steps and evolving, um, improving. Um, but you know, I, I feel. Just, again, those guys working together, year two in the system, I think the it is important that our run game you know, gets off to a faster start than it did a year ago. Um, but uh, just to take the pressure off of Mike you know, and have that balance. Um, to me, we don't need to be balanced as far as the number of yards or even attempts. Um, but we do need to be balanced in is that if a team takes the pass away, we can run. And I think that's what happened as the season went along. People were just you know, going to be – you know, more focused on, yeah. you know, the taking the pass game away and challenging Mike to, to come up with uh, completion after completion. And then the run game did have some success, and that's when we came, uh, you know, real tough yeah. to defend. I thought the Oregon State game was a good test of that. Yes. I thought they did a really good job of, especially with the, the windy night. No doubt. They made no. it difficult for you, and you had to find another way. And they had personnel in some of those uh especially defensive back positions that uh, are yeah. high level and, uh, you know, could give gave them some flexibility to do what they wanted to do against our guys. But you're exactly right. That was a, yeah. that was a great – It was uh, a guts game. That it was. was. a lot of guts. Yeah. 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 The, uh, the, speaking of guts, November for you guys on your schedule. I'm looking at uh, USC, Utah, 
Oregon State, mm-hmm. two of them on the road, then the Apple Cup mm-hmm. to finish the season. Um, I know you want to win every game, but you got to be healthy in that last month. Mm-hmm. How do you manage the beginning of the season or will you think about that if you get in some games where you can shut some guys down to kind of go, hey, we've got a November that's brutal? Or do you just go out and say, we have to win this game, we have to win you know, game by game? Yeah, it's game by game, but uh, you know, there does come a point when you know uh, you have a game at hand. I mean, let's shorten the game and get out and not worry about you know, getting some, some more passing stats. Or, yeah. You, know, you want to get guys reps, and those are some meaningful reps for a few players, but in the end... To me, it's about shortening the game and getting out of there uh, yeah. with a W and getting out there without, um, you know, the least amount with the least amount of collisions as possible for the, the long haul of uh, you know yep. going through the whole season and um, you know hopefully a college football playoff. Yep. Coach, thanks for giving us your time. You Appreciate bet. it. Pleasure. Always good to talk to you. Yeah, thank yep. you. Thank you. The Bald Face Truth with John Canzano, live from Pac-12 Media Day in Las Vegas. We got Lincoln Riley, USC coach, stepping in. Coach, tell me about your second grade teacher so we can get a mic check. Uh, do you remember test, your second one, grade teacher? One, two, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> Put yeah, you on the spot. No, I do remember. Yeah, Miss Skinner. Miss Skinner. Yeah. Was uh, Was Miss Skinner a good teacher? Fantastic. Really? Yeah. She taught me how to coach quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's go. Let's talk teaching and coaching. Okay. Is it the same? Is it the same thing or? Yes. A lot of it. Yes. Coaching, though, you're more responsible for them personally. Okay. So it's like – Yeah. But there's obviously a ton of aspects. It wasn't like – like that. Miss Skinner wasn't responsible for you after school. Correct. She wouldn't – you know, that's on your parents. Correct. That's the difference. Okay. Correct. See? That's why you come to this show. We we break down the hard-hitting stuff. I like it. Um, all right. Let's, let's go back to last season. Didn't end the way you guys wanted. Um, in a weird way that sometimes is good to not get what you want. Do your guys come back a little more edge, a little focused, or? Yeah. We, yeah. Yeah. I mean, how can you not? I mean, it doesn't matter year one, year 10, whatever. You, you, you get in those situations where you, you played really well and won a lot of games to put yourself in a, in, in, in situations to climb even higher. When you when you come up just short, agonizingly close, it's, yeah. uh, it stings. and uh, But it does. It re-motivates you. And I think now it's – you know, I think a lot of it last year was convincing our guys what was possible. Um, I still think there was a, a portion of our roster as we got on that run and were winning games and that was surprised by it. Yeah. And uh, I don't think, you know, now it's that's it's different. They know they can. And now we're trying to focus on what we can do to, A, put ourselves back in that position and, B, be ready to capitalize on it. The Oregon State game, I was there early season. Mm-hmm. Uh, defensively, they did some things that, that were effective. Mm-hmm. I didn't see anybody else play you quite the same way. What were they doing? Help us, because if I ask them, they're going to go, "Oh, we were just lining up. It was our, you know." Yeah. No, schematically. I mean, I, no, a lot of people tried to copy kind of what they did after. Yeah. I mean, that, that's that's what happens. I yeah. mean, that's that's just the ebbs and flows of the season. Um, what they did was, you know, they 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 played a really good game. They did not make many mistakes defensively. Yeah. Um, they tackled us well. Uh, you know, there it was a, a great atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Anybody that's in the stadium that night knows a uh, challenging atmosphere. And then, you know, we, we did not play well. Yeah. I mean, we, we we did not handle it well until the end of the game. Yeah. Uh, but offensively, now defensively, we played out of our mind. Yeah. We, played, we played tremendous, and which was kind of – that's a little bit the first half of the season for us. Defensively, really, the defense really carried us in the first half. Um, 
and 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 offensively kind of got on track and then and then uh, kind of flipped in the second half of the season this uh off season it becomes all about football of course you know, everyone wants to talk about football but this off season did you get away did family yes. go anywhere what'd yes. you do uh, we went to Mexico for a while. Okay. That's kind of our favorite place to get away. Easy to get there from Southern California. And we, we've got a week zero game this year, which, uh, for coaches, we all know when you have one of those, it condenses your summer break by a week, which is not mm. very long anyways. And yeah. so we decided, uh, one trip, don't waste a lot of days traveling and let's make the most of it. Do, are you able to decompress, unplug, put yes. the phone down? Yes. Help me with that because I'm not good at that. Like, what are you doing? So it helps me, man. Something about getting my passport out and being in <laughs> another country allows yeah. me to. If I'm in the U.S., I have a hard time yeah. doing it. And you go, you know, and it, look, you go there. Are, are people recognizing you when you're in Mexico or? A little, but not. not it's not like here. Not like here. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably refreshing for you. It's, you it's you good. don't have some Yahoo in the grocery store going, hey, yeah. what'd you do on third down? Although, I, I, you know, L.A. in general has been has been awesome for that. That's been one of the best parts of the movie. Chip Kelly said that, too. Oh. Not well, the most famous guy in his neighborhood. Well, somebody sent me a story, I, I, and I remember reading it when it came out, but when I took the job, a buddy of mine sent me the story. It was, a, it was an ESPN article years ago, and it was when Pete was the head coach, and it was the all the top head coaches at the major programs, what do you do to get away? And, you know, you got you know Nick talking about going to the – uh, going to the lake and these guys, the guys going to Destin and all this. And Carol, they asked Coach Carroll, and he said, he said, shoot, we can lose a game. He said, I can go out to eat and nobody cares because they're busy <laughs> looking at George Clooney and that guy from Friends. And he said, when you coach in a small college town, you are George Clooney or that guy from Friends. Which is, there's a lot of, yeah. a lot of truth to that. So yeah, we we have enjoyed that part uh, immensely. All right, guy I had on my show frequently that I miss dearly, Mike Leach, yes. passed away yes. in December, and it hit me hard. He's too young. Yes, he was too young. Way too young. Um, what did you learn from that guy? Ooh, a lot, a lot. I mean, there's the. It's kind of in different phases. Like you, you know, you, he gave me my opportunities in football. Um, he opened doors for me. I mean, he definitely changed me and my family's life forever. Uh, I'd always be indebted to him. Uh, I think there's the personal side of it, just the all the hours over all the years and the experiences, the the laughs, the deep talks, um, some that went to many many hours into the uh, into the night or into the early mornings. But you know, and I, I the one thing I I think maybe I took from from me most professionally, and I've tried to take some personally, is he didn't care what other people thought. Like you look at, and, and the best example, because he's one of the most, and it's it's gotten more attention, you know, now that he's that he's passed away. He is one of the greatest hires hmm. that our sports ever had, because you look at like some guys' coaching trees, and yeah, they've got all these good coaches, but like they hired like pretty obvious guys that were already pretty good. You look at like Mike's. Mike hired a bunch of guys that nobody had ever heard of, and. But the thing about it is he didn't give a damn what people thought about a hire. He didn't give a damn about winning a press conference or this or that. He just hired who he thought would do the best job. That's, and it's, it's, it's simple, but it's like stay focused on the things that matter. Mm. And he, he did a phenomenal job of that, and I've tried to carry that as much as I can. I, he used to text me, and I'd say, hey, can we do an interview? You know, and he'd text me and go, I'm going to walk the dog. Can I call you? It's like 1130 at night. Yep. I go, okay, let's do it. Yep. And he's just walking his dog, and we have a conversation that is not very much about football. Yes. 
and it's great, but it's you know everybody can get something from it. Yes. And and I I do now looking back because uh, you know he had that cough at the end. It was persistent, and yep. I just wonder if he didn't take care of himself. And I keep thinking like, you know, he was so into football. Yes. Maybe should have taken better care of himself. I don't know. I know I, it. No, I think we all all of us that know him have have some of those regrets, like, like he naturally do. If you know, could I've seen something yeah. or stepped in or done something? Because like you said, it's way way too young, way too soon. Lincoln Riley with us, USC head coach. Um, Caleb Williams, how, how how can he be better or different next season? You know, the challenges are going to change, right? The target always moves. Um, you got new players you're playing with. We're going to play different teams. You're going to play different coordinators. You're going to play in different venues. I mean, you're – so he's just got to continue to grow. Um, and and I, was, I was really proud how he played, the, the, especially the back half of the season. I was proud of how he played on the road last year. I think great quarterbacks separate themselves on the road. Um, and he, he took some big steps there. But, but listen, that guy's still so young, man. Like, he, he didn't play a senior year of high school because of COVID. He only played half a season as a freshman. Like, he's still – let me think about his senior year of high school football, his freshman year of college, and then his sophomore year of college, he's played one and a half years yeah. of those three. Yeah. I mean, like, there's still so much more growth left for this guy. And so it's – it's there's a perception that you win a Heisman or do something that everything was perfect. And, like, no, like, it's yeah. – he did well, but there's a lot, a lot of mountain left to climb. He talked about having to say no to people yes. because – there's so many people asking, and you get that. Um, do you say easily say no to people? I've gotten better at it. Yeah, it's not it's not easy, but it's gotten easier. Yeah, you, but and and it goes back to like kind of what we said about Mike, right? Yeah. You have to you want to do as much as you can, but you can't do it to the detriment of your team or your family. Lincoln Riley, thank you. I will catch Anytime. up with you. I'd love to have you on maybe before the Oregon game, somewhere like that. That's going to be a big football game. It'll be fun. Excited for that one. All right. Same thank here. you, Coach. Here, Appreciate buddy. you. Thanks. Yeah. The Bald Face Truth with John Canzano. Live from Pac-12 Media Day in Las Vegas.